slow tonight. Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle episode 657. Holy cow, they're starting to add up. Hopefully you guys have had a great Sunday. I had a pretty good day up here in Michigan. No complaints. I know the rest of the country is fucking sweating their ass off. But it was a nice, cool 69 degrees up here in northern Michigan. Very grateful for that. But I got a great guest for you tonight. Looking forward to hanging out and meeting this fine gentleman who is breaking the cancel or no-show cycle, Mr. Dog Day Gardens, when he gets back. Uh, looking forward to hanging out and telling him, or him telling me his story, rather. So what you guys smoking on this fine, fine evening while we're hanging out waiting? Me? Oh, there he is. Cheers, dog days. Am I am I in? Is it working? How good? are you doing this evening? You want to tell? Yeah, I don't know what I'm smoking on actually. You're, uh, you're good, brother. You want to tell everybody uh, how you're doing and where they can find you, Mike? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm Dog Days Gardens. You can um, find me on Instagram at Dog Days Gardens uh, on IG, and that's about the only social media platform I'm really on. And as far as what I'm smoking, I don't know exactly what it is. My uh, my neighbor's been giving me some weed lately. I'm in between harvests at the moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are we live now? It, yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. We are. <clears throat> Hold up on YouTube real quick. It's awesome that uh, the cannabis community is certainly very giving these days as far as flowers, genetics, knowledge. It's very much changed from what it was just a few, eh, five, ten years ago, that's for sure. I don't know how it was per se, but I can agree with what you're saying of how it is now. People are very giving. I'm kind of new to the like the online community. I think I've only been on Instagram for like six months, but I've made a lot of really cool friends in that short time. I've uh, been gifted a lot of great genetics, like you're saying, seeds, clones, and made some cool friends. It's an awesome community to be a part of. Grateful to be here. Yeah, it's definitely a great time to start growing cannabis, that's for sure. Uh, you know, with the way, way things are with the free structure of just handing out knowledge, man, it's it's more more op for beginners to succeed, succeed right off the bat, which is a beautiful thing, man. The more people we can get growing, the better. And the community definitely is pushing that together, so very proud to be a part of that yeah absolutely i've i've had some decent success my first few runs starting out i uh i have some experience growing before i started growing with my family when i was 13 my grandma and my uncle but i was just helping them and it was it was a night and day difference 
uh, when I started growing, I thought I was going to know everything and, and have it all figured out because I had done it with my family for so long, but it is a night and day difference between like helping someone manage their own dialed in grow and then like starting your own grow and dialing it in yourself. It uh, put me through a loop for a little while. Done pretty well though. So when was the first time that uh, you've seen or used the plant for the first time? I was 13. I uh, think that'd be about 24. So it's going on 11 years now. Um, I think it's almost exactly 11 years. My family had always smoked cannabis. My grandmother did. Um, I'd, I'd kind of known about it my whole life. My, some of my oldest memories is like the smell of like skunky, good skunk bud my family used to get when I was a little kid. And uh, yeah, my, my grandma came to visit from Montana. They had been growing, they moved there and they were growing medical marijuana. I actually kind of lied to her and was like, grandma, let's smoke some weed. And she's like, oh, you smoke weed now? And I was like, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm in junior high school. Of course I, I'm smoking weed. Like all the kids are smoking weed. And uh, I had never smoked weed before in my life. And she smoked some like medical bud from the shops. Uh, oh yeah, they weren't growing at that time. They'd moved there. Uh, they started growing later. But she she smoked some bud that was from a dispensary, and it was grapefruit sour diesel. And um, some of my friends like they told stories about when they smoked the first time, they wouldn't really get that high. I did not have that experience. I got like so high the first time I smoked. I got the giggles, and I has, I was like hysterically laughing because I spilled candy on the floor, and I got the giggles until I just passed out. And my mom painted my fingernails and toenails and like drew on me. And it was pretty cool. It was with my family and it, it was, it was an awesome experience. Honestly, I, uh, I enjoyed it. My grandma, I, I got a little bit and I, uh, like I went to a concert and I smoked some again at a concert, I think like a few weeks later, but I wasn't ever like too interested in doing it again after that. Like I did it those two times. And then, um, kind of had like a, was getting in trouble as a youth when I was like 12, 13, and my family sent me to Montana to live with my grandmother because I was uh, living in Utah at the time. And I was just doing stupid stuff like going toilet paper in houses with my friends. And uh, they sent me to live with my grandmother, though. And um, they had just recently started growing at that time. And it was uh, it was an awesome experience to like move in there on a, a medical cannabis farm. It wasn't very big. It was uh, when I first got there. It was two 600 watt HPSs was the flower room. I believe it was a four by eight flower space they'd built outside and then over time we like upgraded it and started learning more i think they're using fox farm at first and then switched over to like canna and cocoa but it was uh it was it was really interesting once i moved up there is when i really started smoking all the time and realized the interest i had in it i noticed how much it helped me with my anxiety and i just i, I really liked it <laughs> that was when i started to become an everyday user Am I coming through good? 
think we lost Eagle. And pull this up on YouTube <coughs> so I can see. Okay. <coughs> Yeah, I think we lost Eagle. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I don't know what to say without Eagle here to interview me, but I'm glad to be on. Thank you, everyone who's here in the chat watching. But, uh, yeah, let's see. What was I talking about? I uh, Once I moved up there, I started to smoke every day. And I was upset about moving there, honestly. Like, I was 13. I had, like, a, a girlfriend at the time. I didn't really want to go. My parents made me. And so I, uh, I started to smoke, like, the first day I got up there. And, I get so stoned, man. The first week I would get so high, I'd be sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I would, I would like lose all feeling of anything beneath me. It felt like I was falling through the air. It didn't just feel like I wasn't on anything. Like it felt like I was falling. It was, I had the whole sensation in my body of falling and I would like flip the fuck out and out, like, it, and it would trip me out, man. It scared me the first time it happened. And then like, I would get ridiculously stoned smoking really good bud the first time. My uncle was, at, he, he kind of got mad about it. He, he was like, man, I ain't gonna fucking smoke with this kid if he keeps doing that. But it's, it eventually went away. But uh, like I mentioned at first, I just started smoking because I wanted to get stoned and, uh, you know, didn't really have any friends. I was new in the school up there. But really quickly, I, I uh, was able to recognize that I was getting a little bit of a benefit for it. I was always an angry kid. I was, I, uh, I don't know, I had a lot of anxiety. Insomnia has plagued me since like as far back as I can remember in elementary school. And cannabis just helped me helped me with like all those things. It helped me put on weight. I was always really skinny. Found out when I got a little older that I, like, I have some stomach issues and shit. And uh, cannabis helps me eat. If I don't smoke, I'll, I'll drop like 10, 15 pounds in like a week just because I lose appetite pretty quickly. But, oh, Eagle's back. <laughs> You there, brother? Can you hear me, Eagle? Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you now. Your screen's uh, froze, but I sorry. can Sorry. I you? am barely. Man, I was praying tonight wasn't going to be like this, but. Hopefully, a few minutes into it, we'll be. I can, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're 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 all good now. Your your screen's coming through. Right, uh, Were you able to listen? Apologies. What I was saying. I was uh trying. I was just kind of explaining how I started smoking and stuff. I don't know if yeah, you're talking or not, but no. Unfortunately, no. Um, uh, when Zoom goes out, it just the whole thing disappears on my end. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, like 
I started smoking. Basically, the last thing I heard where you were realizing the medical side of it. Yeah, that's. I I started smoking to you know to, to get stoned, and I enjoyed it, and it was you know for recreationally at first, but really quickly. I realized I was getting medical benefit from it. It was helping me with issues I'd had for a long time. Later found out when I was older, I have some stomach issues and I have, I have a hard time eating because of that. And that's one of them, like sleeping and eating are two of the main things cannabis helps me with like a lot. And without cannabis, I don't do those two things very much at all. So uh, yeah, quickly I figured that out. I've, I've been an everyday smoker since I was 13. It's uh, over 10 years now. and. I like to say this is the longest commitment that I've ever stuck to in my life. And I'm proud of that. The relationship I've had with this plant, just from smoking it and like growing it with my family. I, I, I love it. And the, uh, you, I don't know who coins the term weed nerd. I've, I've, I've picked it up from you guys. And uh, once I heard that, I, I loved that word. Cause that's kind of just how I felt my whole life. I, even my, my family and my other friends that would smoke and stuff, they, they were just like, man, there's there's more to life than just weed. And I was like, like, don't you freaking patronize me, man. I found something I'm passionate about, you know, and and I, I did. I just really, really quickly uh, was inspired by some medical caregivers that were out there. They used to come deliver to us. And one day they came over and the, the younger one smoked with us and he sat down and he uh, he passed me the pipe. And my family was kind of like nervous about it because I was young and he, he, he just broke the ice. He's like, oh, I was. I was like eight when I started smoking. You guys don't got to worry. And he went on to tell me how like when he was my age, his family was just breaking into the medical market and how I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't feel ashamed to, to be proud of something like this. How like my generation can be the generation that can actually like get something from it. And, you know, it's going to be legal. And he kind of inspired me to really like look at it as a, you know, something I could pursue as a career, or just a real passion in life. And it did. It inspired me then. Like it really did. And it stuck with me ever since then. Uh, since then I've anytime anyone asked me what I wanted to do when I, when I got older, I just, I wanted to find some sort of career where I could grow cannabis or just make enough money at some other job where I could spend my time growing cannabis and, and, uh, trying to pursue passion, my passion with that. And that might not seem like a, a great passion to some people, but it, it has been to me. And that's, joining the online community like I have I've met a lot of like-minded people and that's been awesome because I really haven't met my cousin is the only other person in my life that I've been able to have these kind of conversations with until you know I started watching your show and some of the other shows on YouTube and decided to join Instagram and it's a really cool thing I like that forgot what the question was I, I ramble sometimes I'm kind of stoned <laughs> We lost him again. This internet's worse than the humble internet. that work? 
I would have What's up? <laughs> Shit, dude, Eagles having all kinds of problems today. He I know, I feel bad. Again, once he gets back on. So I just, whatever, I figured I'm just chilling here watching anyway. Yeah, that was a good idea. I don't know how to interview myself. <laughs> no, I get that. Yeah, it's pretty tough trying to just like, oh, fuck, let's uh, talk about. Uh... I don't mind just kicking it and smoking it. <laughs> I don't know how it is. I'm glad my internet works. The first one, so fuck it, right? Like, how you been doing? Good, man. Good. So I'll keep that. I'll try to keep it rolling. I don't know. You were, uh, what, you were coming up, figured it out really passionate about it yeah i just got really passionate about cannabis uh i loved the growing of it like uh, we were using fox farm happy frog at first and like we uh, eventually switched to canna and cocoa once we did that we stopped buying our weed and we started smoking our own weed like all the time and we had some really good cuts too we had like i didn't realize some of the stuff we were getting was like the old tga stuff going around we had a cut we didn't get seeds we got a cut of agent orange uh, my uncle was good friends with one of the caregivers they had, and he would uh, he would sell them like really nice clones. Like they were, they had GDP, they had the Agent Orange, uh, either I think it was Apollo Eleven. Um, what else? Did we, we got a bunch from them. They had uh, Mendo Perps, and then we found bag seeds that came out of the bud we were getting from them too. And we actually popped bag seeds like S1s or, you know, Fem hybrids out of their crop that ended up being also some of the best smoke that we grew. Like we had a, a Bubba bag seed from them that we grew for like nine years. And it was some, like, if you, if you ask my cousin what the best Bubba he's ever had in his life is, he'll say it was the Bubba my uncle grew. And it, it was killer, man. I've heard people say Bubba's like really leafy and it's, it, it was not leafy. Like it was everything you want about Bubba and really potent. My uncle kept it around for so long because it was really medicinal. It helped his back pain and stuff. But it, uh, yeah, they got some killer genetics and we switched to the Canon Cocoa because that's what like the caregivers, people who we bought bud from, we ended up just kind of getting tips from them and they, they were cool about it. They told us what we needed to do to grow bud like them. And so we switched some stuff up and we, we weren't just doing the A and B Canon. We were running their whole line, like the Rizzo, the Canazine, like all of it. And so, uh, killer freaking bud like absolutely killer still to this day some of the best weed i've ever had is my uncle's canna salt blown and cocoa bud see he's still using single-ended hps's he's like old school as hell but his bud is killer and uh like he got the forum girl scout cookies we've had that for going on 11 years now and then um a sour diesel cut he got the sour diesel for him also did you hear that <laughs> yeah eagles jumping back in okay. but yeah they uh we switched over to that and i i got just really intrigued behind the growing of it i i wanted to help out and it, as soon as i was there i wanted to be in the garden and do stuff and they were like my uncle was a little you know because i was a kid and i had just moved up there and they didn't you know they had a medical card and all that but still coming from utah they weren't it's not like it is now 10 years ago like they were sketched about it well, so how old were you at this time i was 13 yeah. Like okay, I was young, so, so, so I, was, yeah, I was pretty young. Yeah. And, uh, but they started smoking when they were like eight, like my mom got caught smoking when she was like four or five and they were all smoking weed by the time they were like eight or nine. I don't know if they're doing like regularly, but like, well, that's how a lot of my family and my, my distant cousins and like all my, that's how it was where I grew up. And, uh, so really I started late and I wasn't, I didn't really ever plan on smoking either. It just kind of happened, but yeah, I, uh, 
I did start to eventually get to help out more. Really what got me to like get to do everything the first time is my uncle got a girlfriend and he was dating the chick across the street. And so they would go out and do shit all the time. They'd go camping and like they'd be gone. He, he left me and went like lived with her and he came home a couple of times. So there's like a whole month, two month period where I was pretty much doing it all by myself. He let, like he came back after the first week to check and make sure. And he quizzed me too. He's like, you know, how much do you, do you would you need to do? And I, I said, and I tell him like how much Rizzo, how much boost, how much PK and when, like there's specific points you got to use that PK. And like, and I knew all that at that age. And he was like, all right, you can, like you can do it. And he let me do it by myself, man. I was so happy. And I remember there was like, there was, I got like one crop that I took care of like by myself. Uh, like I flipped them. I fed them the whole time through flour. And like, he came back and checked on them and stuff though. And then he was back there at the end. But the, the one that we had that they lost is called Lone Star. And it was this really beautiful white, just, you could harvest it at six weeks. It was crazy. And uh, we were about like six weeks in with that when he, he like started being back around and he said, damn, you did pretty good. And that was just awesome. Like I, I loved it. And then uh, I did, I was a young teenager and I did like butt heads with my uncle. And that was originally why I, I left Montana and went back to Utah. I didn't have any friends up there either. This, the town was like my entire school was kindergarten through uh, eighth grade. So nine fucking grades. And there was like 110 people. Like there was barely any people there. And so just kind of, kind of shitty and boring. All I had to do really was grow and smoke weed. And I did move back to Utah after a while. And even when I was gone though, I just, I always wanted to to find a way to move. And like, when I got older, that, that was my goal is to, to leave and be able to grow weed. It's funny you say that. I had a, I had a high school buddy that moved out to um, Montana. His kids, so his kids were playing like little league. And they'd have to drive like three fucking hours to play a oh, yeah. game because they, they that was the only team they had in their town or whatever. So like they had to go the next town. It was just kind of funny. He was always talking about that. I think Eagle's back in now. What up, Eagle? You back with us, Eagle? I am from the from the phone from the phone, and I don't know what's going up with the fucking computer, but but thank you, Mister Smiley and Dog Days. For being so patient and uh, holding it down, I know how it is. Man, it could be rough when that shit happens to try to stay focused and keep it going. So I, I greatly appreciate your patience. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for jumping on, Smiley. I seen him. I seen something pop up, and it was like asking to allow him in, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured he, I seen Eagle log in and then freeze again. I'm like, oh man, he ain't gonna have no luck. Yeah. You're talking all the tourists up there or whatever. So, yeah, it's weird that your phone's working better. For me, it's the opposite. I always, since I've got my laptop, my, my computer works way better for stuff like this usually. Okay, yeah, man. So, you went from Montana to Utah. Is that I was right? back and forth between there a lot of my life. Yeah. Uh, Montana's where I fell in love with cannabis and um, that's where I was, that's, I, that's always been my happy place. I was actually living in a place called Paradise, Montana. The town is called Paradise. I, like we lived there at one point and I lived in a couple different places in Montana, uh, once outside of Missoula and then once kind of like more outside of Missoula in that Paradise area. But it was, uh, it's beautiful out there, man. I loved it. And, um, I got exposed to a lot of genetics. My grandma and my uncle from the time they moved up there 
they uh, they kept a book and they wrote down all the all the strains they got at the time from the, from the dispensaries. They wrote down any information that was given to them with the sales. So the sativa, whoa, sativa indica numbers, you know, and then like all the the percentages that like they tracked all that in this huge notebook. It was it was really cool. By the time I got there, they'd been there a couple of years and had tried literally like over 300 different strains of cannabis. They would go hit up all the different shops like that. They're connoisseurs to the max. Like even when they lived in Utah, they were probably considered connoisseurs. But um, and then when I got up there just within a few months, I tried over a hundred different kinds of cannabis and I couldn't believe that dude. Like I did not believe that my grandma's like, let's flip the book open. Cause she marked it the day that I moved there. And then all the new kinds that we tried since then. And so that's not even counting the kinds that they had already tried that they had. That was just what they tried. That was new since I got there over a hundred different kinds of cannabis. I literally tried hundreds of kinds of cannabis in the time that I was there. And so like I got exposed to a bunch of these different genetics and I was really quickly able to see like, Ooh, I like this one. I like this one. And I would notice that like, I like these four different, you know, strains that we'd get. And then I would find out they have a very, they have similar lineage. They have a common ancestor. And so that got me extremely interested. Like I got like obsessed with that, knowing all the, like the family trees, the cannabis, um, my cousin sh uh, showed me Seed Finder, which is like a European site. Uh, I never used it for buying seeds. I just used it because they actually put up a genie, like a genealogical family tree for cannabis. You can go and see all the hybrids. You could like, and for the most part, it's it's more accurate than like uh, than Leafly or anything. I like I don't even use Leafly, but it was. Uh, and then I I would study anything on there that I could. Like we get weed, I'd look it up on there, and that's. Uh, yeah, I just, I got really, really intrigued with genetics and that's, that's been like what I've uh, gotten like specifically into with growing now. Like I'm passionate about cannabis all around, but I really, really love genetics and all the different genetics. So and, that, I just want to take it back a little bit. Um, hundred strains that you're talking, those were all from the dispensary? Like or yep. those ones they, were they bought a lot of fucking weed, dude. <laughs> they bought so much weed when we lived in Utah still. And then when they got up there where they could actually go to a store and they had different kinds, they would go to every fucking store and they would buy like every fucking kind. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But like they were they were the first connoisseurs that I got to ever like I, I've heard that term since I've been online and seeing the stuff like they they fit the bill of connoisseurs. And I give them props because they did it in a hell of a red state for like two decades. <laughs> No, I feel like that's fairly normal. I remember going to the dispensaries, like when they first opened in our areas too, it was kind of like we walked in and we're like, oh, what the fuck, you know, I get to buy something and look at a store, you know what I mean? It was just kind of yeah. cool seeing the shit in the cabinets or whatever. And I just, that was more of the thing I was going for is just to kind of see what was out there and what was happening. Yeah, it was cool to experience all of it. And, and then like they started like growing quickly my uncle's like i want to do this myself and eventually once they got really good at it his bud was and still is better than any dispensary bud i've seen in my life like he grows some exquisite cannabis if you've ever seen my instagram i'll put a few pictures up i actually found a picture that was a few years old like from 2017 2018 one of the last times i was up there visiting and it's uh their bubba kush it, was, it had to be like right at the end of when they had that still but it was the bubba kush the girl scout cookies and the sour diesel that they've had and i got that sour diesel now and it's just getting into flour but uh it's beautiful bud i love it like it, he, he's he's done the same thing for over a decade he just barely started adding in mammoth pea and that's it 
Like that's the only change he's made in 10 years, dude. It's mammoth pee and it's pot size. And he is just dialed in his environment. And he like, he, he does really well. It always comes out good. And that's still the Canon Coco. Is that what you're talking yep, about? Yep. Canon Coco. He runs our whole system. I think he uses, uh, what's that really common CalMag, Botanicare CalMag or some shit. Okay. Something yeah. like that. I can't remember what he does use. He doesn't use the Canna CalMag. I know that. I tried to give him this CalMag that I have because it's got like no nitrates. It's a calcium and a magnesium fulvate. It's made with a fulvic acid from BioAg. It's pretty cool shit. Oh, you got those BioAg stuff? Which one did you get? Well, no, um, have you ever, have you, if you've seen the show um, that Nick from The Rooted Leaf does with Hota Herb, it's uh, The Rooted Leaf. Uh, it's their CalMag. I've, I've tried that. Oh, okay. It's really kick-ass stuff. I, I actually use it still, even with Nectar. I use it just slightly to buffer the RO water. I, cause my RO water that I buy comes at like two parts per million. And so I'll add about 60 to 90 parts per million of CalMag into that RO water just so there's something in it. And I've had a lot better success since I started doing that. But yeah, he just does shit real simple. Still uses single-ended lights. He has the, you know, the double XL fucking eight inch ducted cooled hoods, uh, you know, gets new bulbs every grow and shit. I'm trying to get him to try LEDs. He has, he's got a 2000 watt grow, you know, so I'm trying to get him to get like a quantum board like I got and just stick it between them and space them a little more. So he'll have that mixed spectrum and shit. Cause I think like, I really think he would love them. They're, they're, they kick ass and he doesn't have as much of an issue with heat. Cause he's in Montana, like in this, in the winter time, he probably needs that heat. Honestly, he doesn't have to run a heater. I don't think, but uh, yeah, it's, pretty cool he, he grows some day cast weed that's how i know like there's a thousand ways to skin a cat man you don't have to you don't have to do things a certain way because he does it as old school as it can be and it's fucking killer oh for sure man i i mean i've never been one to jump on that bandwagon of yeah kind of oh i do it this way so it's the best you know like i i just i've smoked a lot of weed that was absolutely fire and many different styles of growing and it's kind of like you know you I don't know. You can fuck it up either way, I guess. <laughs> yes, you can. That's cool, man. So so you helped them set up their room after you guys that's in Utah or whatever? Yeah, um, I moved when I first moved there, like they uh I moved there at the like the they were like a few weeks out from their first harvest. They harvested haze. There's this one called Ganjagu that I wish they still had seeds of. It got given to them as in seed form as a fucking like a land race Jamaican sativa, and it grew like one. Dude, he he did a three week veg on it. He followed the schedule on the fox farm thing like to the T, like a three week veg, eight week flower. You know, it went I think thirteen weeks. Might have could have gone a touch longer than that, but it 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 just grew so stretchy. The things got like seven feet tall, and they only vegged for like three weeks. They were, and they were in like one or two gallon pots. They were in tiny pots, man. These things massive and the haze i'm guessing it was like an nl5 haze thinking about it now because i've seen the pictures of the nl5 hazes and it's got like a bigger brick and cola and these didn't look like haze plants at all that they grew but uh and i think we had one called ice for a while too before we started getting clones and uh yeah i moved there for the first harvest and then when i left i helped them uh they they when they moved left that place they uh they wanted to travel for a while my grandma got like they had a, a good sum of money and they wanted to travel before they bought a new house, you know, and kind of have like have fun and, and enjoy themselves. I think it was summertime. And so 
we moved the grow into a 30 foot fifth wheel. We downsized from a 2000 watt flower to just running one of them thousand watt HPSs, had it ducting. It, it was set up in the shower in the fifth wheel. It's a big camper. And so it's ducting out the fart fan. He's still got, they like, he's still using the Raptor hood and everything. He's just ducting it out the fucking fart fan. And they traveled for like, dude, he pulled off like two or three full harvests doing this. He traveled for like four months, probably maybe even longer than that, the whole summer. And then it, they, through, they stayed through winter. Like they left at the beginning, middle of summer traveled and then they were like all up the north coast they went down the pacific the 101 starting in like seattle going all the way down to san diego and then when it started getting cold they went to nevada and they camped outside of lake mead and that's when they ended up leaving us because there was hell nevada was still a red state at the time and there, there was like helicopters driving around and it was sketching them out. He didn't know if it was like they're watching weed documentaries and in the weed documentaries, it was showing how they were like going at people with the radar or the, the heat seeking fucking thermal vision looking for grows. And he, he was like, fuck this, we're going back home. And then driving back through Utah and Cedar City, there was a crazy storm and a, uh, it froze while they were driving. And that's how they lost the Lone Star, the Pineapple Express um, and a few other ones that they had. But I've always thought that was so fucking cool, man. I helped them hook that grow up. And I remember thinking about it. Like they had a big, uh, it was like a seven foot wide closet. It was in the back and that was the little veg. They just set up bar, like the T8 bar lights in there, the old shop lights. And then the shower was the fucking flower room and it kicked ass. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. That, that was awesome. Great. I love the idea of like a traveling grow or something like, I don't know. My uncle's smart, man. He's. My uncle's badass. I, I grew up with cool as hell uncles. Yeah, wiring would think I would think would be the biggest struggle trying to you know carry enough wiring for the power of all that because I don't think they nice generator ain't gonna fucking power HID light and shit. When my grandpa got that camper. He got uh, he got like two fucking I don't know exactly how many watts they are, but I think they're at least like five thousand a piece or four thousand a piece Honda nice like gasoline generators. So with that and the generator built into the camper, I think it has been built in. They were able to do it just fine though. I was I was impressed. When he first said something about it, I was like, You're fucking crazy. Like <laughs> you guys are just gonna have to buy weed your whole trip. It ain't happening. <laughs> nope, it was it was pretty cool. That's badass, man. So, so when did you start um, doing it on your own? Then? <coughs> so, <coughs> I uh, I just recently, well, I guess I've been out here for a year now. In uh, January of last year is when I moved to Colorado. I originally moved to Vail, where the ski resort is. I had a job at Vail Ski Resort, biggest ski resort corporation in North America, and my wife did too, but. As soon as I got out there, like I had housing through there and it was just a shit show. Like I, I, I found out about the job online and a recruiter calls me and they told me that they can provide housing. Uh, all I got to do is get out there because I was in Utah at the time and they were like, I was like, can I, you know, uh, I have a service animal and can my wife come? They're like, yeah, as long as she works too, like we can provide you guys with housing. If your dog's an actual service animal, he's fine. And like, he told me all this shit and then I get there and it was just not the case. And my, uh, I made some friends out there and they told me that that place is kind of notorious for that. And uh, so it, it was just a shit show. The job didn't work out. The housing didn't work out. Um, and we were like, fuck with nowhere to go. And we were like, should we go back? And I was like, screw that. I don't want to live in Utah no more. Like I just don't want to live in Utah no more. And so we stayed in Denver for like a week. Uh, we found an Airbnb clear the fuck out in a, 
in a town in Colorado that's so damn small, dude. There's like 300 people here, and it's spread out. It's like a farm town. That's that's what made it work. Is so we found a cheap Airbnb. Uh, we made that work for like a couple months, and then um, I found a, a good. Well, I found a shitty job working a lot of hours so I could make good money. Minimum wage here is like 12 25 an hour, and I was working in agriculture. I was putting in like in the the peak of harvest. I was working probably like. 100 hours like 90 hours minimum a week i was working seven days a week it was just crazy it was horrible dude i've never worked that much in my life ever and i it was it was a shitty job but i just i busted out for about six months got this house um my like i met the landlord it was hard to find a house out here there's like several empty houses but i don't know it's just it's a small town i don't know if you've ever been in a small town but you just got to know people it just took me a while to to meet someone where I could find a place of my own. And eventually once we got our own place, that was one of the first things I did, man. I popped, I started popping the bag seats I had from the weed we were buying at the dispensary. I wasn't waiting. They had a, there was a T12 shop light that was built into my like pantry with the, you like, you turn that on so you can see inside the pantry. And so I, uh, I fucking ripped that out of there and went and hooked it up in a closet with like a, it was like a 18 inch T12. And that's what I started my seeds under. And they were, I had like some OG Kush seeds and some cherry Kush and just some bag seeds out of the good bud that I liked. Most, I don't have any of those around anymore. I, I stopped messing with the bag seeds since I've got good genetics. But as soon as we got this house, I was popping seeds. And then um, my cousin, he, uh, he got me in touch with a really awesome dude uh, out here in Colorado. I don't know if he wants me to say his name or not, but he, uh, he was around the Pueblo area, which is a like too far for me and I went out and met him and he's really cool and he's pretty much was like man I'll give you all this fucking grow equipment you want just you got to come load it up because he was moving and I mean I got a four by eight tent a thousand watt hps right yeah. with the digital ballast uh eight inch double xl raptor hood the hydro farm eight inch fan uh like he gave me everything I needed seeds he gave me some jinx proof genetics like he gave me everything I needed to, to start growing like pots freaking root risers all the the little like flood trays for like five gallon pots he gave me like a dozen of them he gave me literally everything i needed to grow and it was it was pretty cool and uh that was just like a couple weeks after i popped those first seeds and then i uh i was still working at that time and so, so my wife what were the first seeds you popped i had just popped bag seeds like i, I tried to pop oh. cherry kush i had a uh what was it like a citral glue that popped and I like I didn't even do anything with that plant I kind of tortured it to experiment because my uncle would never let me top plants that was one thing like I always wanted to top plants he would never let me top he would never let me train he was really like anally like anally strict dude he was he's very very OCD about stuff but that's why his weed's so good and he knows that like he he's hardcore don't fix what ain't broken he has since I've talked to him now though he has been uh doing some more training the last couple years I think he I don't know if he talks but he does like train and do some LST now but I always wanted to do that so I I kind of was like torturing the fuck out of this citral blue plant that I had I I uh I topped it I bent the shit out of it I super cropped it I did every form of high stress and low stress training that I could think of and find online to that plant within like a four week period, just to see how well a plant could take it. Cause I'd never seen a plant do that. And so I kind of, that's really what I did with the bag seeds. My cousin very quickly allegedly sent me some awesome genetics to work with like 
that was the the Lucky Charms F2s, the Spirit Train F2s, which I still got that going. Uh, he sent me the the Monkey Business cross to the Mac. That Monkey Business is Gorilla Glue 4 cross to the Chemd i95 from Top Dog. So like that, I still have that. That shit's really killer. And the uh, the breeder has actually been bugging me really bad because he wants that cut of it. I think he's gonna possibly breed with it. So I thought that was really cool. But uh, once I got good genetics, I well, I uh, just I got rid of all the bag seeds. I had I had a green crack that was from my I, my grandma gave me their bag seed collection, and I popped a green crack. The green crack they grew was from their bag seed, and it was some of the, my favorite smoke that I grew up smoking. And I had a plant that was looking and smelling and growing exactly like what they had, but the fuckers threw nanners all over the plant at like day thirty of flower, I think. So. It, uh, I got rid of it and didn't keep it around. That was the last bag seed I had, and that was a while ago. But then I got, I started testing for Mr. Toad, and he gifted me a bunch of genetics. He sent me cuts as well, and that's uh, a lot of what I got now is the cuts. And then I have like the, I have the sour diesel clone that my family's had for uh, a little over a decade, and um, I've been, uh, recently acquired some new ones too. I have that diesel. But, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Man. Shout out to Mr. Toad. I've seen he sends a lot of people cuts and shit like that. So yeah, Mr. Toad's fucking awesome, man. He, I learned a, a lot from him in a very short amount of time, and I'm extremely and eternally grateful for all the help that dude's given me. Yeah, no shit. That's cool. Um, so you got some new genetics. Uh, I'm just trying to think where the next spot was, man. Like, what what kind of uh. What's your favorite kind of flavor? I mean, what what is yours after smoking the hundred strains and all that? Gas and dead animal and rotten meat. I want I want something. Did you I want always the cops start to come there? to my house because they think there's a dead body in my basement? Did you I want weed that stinks like that? Like, huh? were, was that always a favorite of yours, or did you kind of? I that's what I noticed. Like when I was trying all that weed in Montana, it was like the OGs, the chems, like the real nasty pungent weed like that i got some underdog once it was like i'm, I'm pretty sure it was the original diesel like day wrecker because it was sold to me with uh lumpa's headband and then so i got lumpa's headband and i got underdog and uh that was both of them were killer but that underdog was like some of the best weed i've ever had it was it was skunky like i know that's real controversial but like if you had a bag of this in your pocket and walked in someone's house they would think it smelled like a skunk but if you put the shit up under your nose, it was like all sour chem with a little other like ting in there. It was like just acrid kind of nasty chemi smell. But it, it was it was some of the best bud I've ever had in my life. But that's uh, that's what I like. I, I, I have the chem D. Um, I love the chems, uh, sour diesel OGs. I know I've had the SFV OG Kush. I don't know what other OGs I've had. One of my very favorites early on was Bruce Banner number three. I uh, tried that. And the last time I had that is when I was 14. And I'm like super excited because I got one going into flower in about two weeks. And it's going to be big. So uh, that was one of my favorites real early on. And then just looking at the, you know, the lineage to them, I started like narrowing down like what, it, you know, seeing the common ancestors and then wanting to try them. And that's kind of the hunt I'm on now. I want to try a lot of the older, like, 90s clone onlys that are making all these hybrids that i got to try and a couple of them you know like the cams i've, I've got to try before but 
I don't know exactly which cam I got to try. It'll be interesting to grow them out and kind of yeah, see. Well, what is it you get? I always got cam is just chem dog. I didn't know there was multiple chem dogs until I actually this in the last like eight months since I've got online. I've I've it's never been in the online community or the forums. Go for the ninety one. Yeah, that's I'm ex, I'm excited to get this D grown out. I have the GSL. I'm really excited or really interested in mass super skunk hybrids. And like the, there's kind of controversy because there supposedly is a mass super skunk still around. It's like the analog cut. I'm really interested in seeing what that is too. But like the old one that's in the G soul that is, uh, you know, supposed to be in the sour D lineage. Um, there's, uh, I think like the super snow dog. There's uh, some older cuts like that. They're just like badass. But that G soul, I've been wanting that for a really long time. And I like when, when I got that, man, I was so excited. I, my, my wife laughed at me because I was acting like a little kid. And so I was just, just overflowing with joy. And I was like, fuck yeah. And she's Running like, you around the take house. a picture of it so you can look at it longer. Like, like I was, I was extremely happy to get that cut. And, uh, and it's cool. I see a slight resemblance to, I'm putting it up to the Chem D. Like, like I, can, I don't know if I'm tripping or not, but I can kind of see a resemblance. The, the Chem D has this look to it. that it's, it's just a beautiful plant. I don't know if it's the symmetry and that, I think that's what I see is it's really symmetrical. Like if you look at the leaflet, the way it has like the veins that all come out at like the 45 from the middle, you know what I mean? Those are really symmetrical looking and just, I don't know how to explain it. That might not be the best way of it. It's a beautiful plant and I can see a similar, similar structure on it. It's still kind of small, but yeah, I'm, I'm real excited about that one. And then uh, I want to get some of these other sour D cuts and grow them next to mine. I sent my cut to a buddy and he has the skunk tech, the uh, East coast sour diesel. He has one that was given to him as the 96. He has the one that's called the Albany. And then he's got mine and he's going to grow all of them next to each other and see how that goes. So that'd be really cool to kind of see what he tells me. That's cool. It yeah. looks like the skunk tech though. Everyone that I've, uh, he told me like the in veg so far at least like it, it looks like the skunk tech but you can't really tell until you get it into flower and smoke yeah. i don't know what the skunk tech looks like but. yeah that's i think it's supposed to be the original that's what mr toad said like the skunk tech's the real one but it sounds like there's multiple and if they came from bag seed they very well could be like multiple of those seeds from those bags you know yeah Sounds like you do a lot with bag seed. I mean, is that that was kind of your jam there before? Absolutely. Yeah. Just I think like, it's different now though. Like bag seed in the early nineties and maybe even up to the early two thousands and shit is I feel like is way different than the bag seed you're gonna get nowadays. What why is that? <laughs> just uh like most of, just because how hybridized everything is I, like i may be wrong about this i might be talking out my ass but i feel like stuff back then probably was more pure i feel like getting bag seeds out of something like that probably be better than getting stuff out of things that are inbred from bag seeds that have been inbred and i that might not be the case but it's just kind of how I've, i was thinking about it hmm. yeah i guess I, I don't know i mean like uh depends the source of the bag seed too like, yeah it's kind of a mystery thing i was i'm always a little become a little leery of it just because like you i've had them where i pop those and then they fucking throw nanners and shit and yeah. like you know what i mean so then you kind of start wondering well where what's the you know the pedigree of it or whatever you know yeah because i mean 
I don't know, like if you have a, a mistake with a male, say, and it pollinates, you know the source of those, you know what I'm saying? And that's a big different story than like something. We actually made a hybrid um, like that. We had an accidental, uh, it was an Aurora Indica male. We tried to pop Aurora Indica three different times. I uh, looked it up. I think it comes from Nirvana and it's uh, at Northern Lights crossed to Afghani is what it says. I don't know which Northern Lights. It just says Northern Lights. But uh, the, the flower, I don't think I, I didn't get to try that flower. They tried it before I was there and they kept the seeds and they loved it. And that's why my uncle tried to pop it a few times. But uh, every time it was a male and, the, and he popped like multiple seeds. And the last time, the one that wasn't showing yet, he put it in the flower room just like hoping. He was like, fuck, you know, I popped like so many of these seeds. Every single one's been a male. This one isn't showing yet. Odds are this is going to hopefully be a female. No, it was a male and it pollinated everything in the room just enough to make a few seeds and it pollinated the Scentsy Star. We, uh, we had a cut of Scentsy Star. I don't know where that cut of Scentsy Star came from. We don't have it no more. I have some bag seeds of it, but it pollinated the Scentsy Star and I think the Mendo Perps that they had that was from bag seed, uh, the Bubba Kush they had that was from bag seed. But the only, I think the only thing that pollinated that was a cut that we were really like interested about was that Scentsy Star. And we, we popped one of those seeds and uh, I think we only popped one and it was a female. And we, we ended up naming it Sunny Hemp Hill, which was uh, our friend, his, uh, our neighbor friend who also grew and we shared cuts with him. His like great grandma was like 102 years old and she still blazed weed every day. We just thought that shit was so cool. So we named it after her. And uh, we kept it around for a little while. They ended up losing it, though. But it was the first weed I'd ever had in my life that tasted like limes. Like, this shit smelled and tasted like straight-up limes. I, I was telling them to call it – I can't remember what name I had. It was stupid, but it was like lime, limelight or something, like lime time. It was, it was just the most limey weed. I didn't really like it too much because I don't like fruity weed all that much. But it was pretty potent. But uh, I have some of those seeds, I think, still, too, because they gave me all their old bag seeds. But – yeah, that was a an accidental hybrid that they made that we actually grew out. Nice. Yeah, the limes can be real potent. I think. Yeah, I've heard that since. I've been interested in it since then because I've heard uh, like with Mean Gene stuff that he's made, I've heard amazing things about like his lime work, and it was it was interesting. I think it's kind of a unique terp because I you know I smoked a lot of a lot of different kinds of bud when I first started smoking, and that was the only. Like limey weed that I've really ever remembered. I haven't really had a lot of limey weed. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like, uh, well, at least the blue lime pie is the one I got that's probably the lime flavored was the one or whatever, but the, it is dominant in limonene, so I mean, it's not really like, but it yeah. seems to be the complex that's with it to, that kind of shifts it from being like a lemon to a lime flavor or whatever. It seems like it's more than just that limonene. Because they always say that's like the citrus, right? Like, but it's like, well, there's a whole range of citrus. You know, it's not, you can't just have that be the one. Like, that's know. really interesting too, man. Like how, how something like you're saying, it can have limonene and limonene can kind of be swayed to either smell like lemon or lime or fucking like just straight citrusy type of smell. Like citrus can come out as like a grapefruit even. Like I had this uh, grape ape S1. That was the first thing that I flowered out out here. It was a bag seed from the uh, first bag of weed I got out in Vail was grape ape. It's killer. I found a couple seeds. A uh, couple were male. The other one was female. And so I, uh, I grew that one out and it was really good bud. It, was, it started getting like the leaves got black. It was really cool. 
but after it cured a little bit, it started getting this weird citrusy. And I told Toad about it at first. And I was like, man, it's weird. I've never, it's like lemony. And he was talking about how like, uh, you know, bag seeds, you don't know what can come out of them. You can have lemon coming out of a grape bag seed. And then it, it started to mature. And I really, like, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I didn't know if it was lemon, but it was like grapefruit. And it took me a while to really pick it out. My wife kind of helped me, but like grapefruit can come out citrusy and, you know, it's a citrusy kind of fruit like that too. So it's yeah. really interesting The there's more to it than just the terpenes i think like there's a it's really yeah, it's like a it's like a, a symphony of it right so it's i don't know maybe the limonene's like the fucking string section of the symphony but you still got all the horns and the drum and the, you know what i'm saying like there's a whole different other sections that that make that that sensation or that flavor i think but i, I don't know all the detail about it either it's I don't know. The organic chemistry gets confusing after a minute, you know, it's like, unless you're really it's complicated, it's, it's hard to, I feel like that kind of chemistry, it's just hard to document the proof because it's like a living thing. It's not like chemistry you're doing yourself in a lab where you can like analyze it and uh, I'm stoned. I can't think of the word, uh, quantify it. It's like, I feel like it's probably hard to quantify shit like that in a way. Yeah, I mean, you can run tests on it and stuff, but, like, yeah, they do, I don't know. It's harder than just doing, like, man-made kind of chemistry. Organic chemistry is really complex, interesting shit. And then, like, smells. Have you ever, I started wondering, like, what exactly is going on when we're smelling stuff, and from what I looked into, like, there's no straight-up explanation that's 100% proven, like, they don't know exactly how smell works, like, and that that really intrigued me and i've heard people uh i don't know if you've ever looked into like quantum biology there's people that are would you know they'd be considered a quantum biologist and they would that was uh one thing they were talking about like a hypothesis they brought up to support their theory of quantum biology which it had to do with smell and it was i'm not even going to try and quote it it was on the uh, the world science festival on youtube they have a bunch of cool shit but uh they have like actual phd professors talking about this stuff too not just you know some blogger people and it was really interesting but yeah from the from what i understood they don't even know completely how smell works so that that in and of itself is a very complicated thing that's interesting well it was interesting that you made that comment about organic chemistry because like the plants are that's one thing that amazes me about a lot of the, the more i learn about plants is like they're amazing chemists like they i don't know like plants have abilities to to make molecules that we can't really make in labs you know and you know i mean we can't replicate it and and that's proven over and over and that's the whole like idea of like an entourage effect or like trying to make marin or whatever that um synthetic thc was marinol is it or whatever yeah but anyway you know what i'm saying like we can't even try to send to make these compounds like that you know and they can't mix them like they do like the plant can so uh, to me that's really amazing i guess very not just the plants too like the microbes like the whole like you brought up the symphony man like the the whole system is like a symphony really that's there's so many different things and like moving parts to this one system going on at the same time it's really hard to try to like, grasp and understand exactly what's going on and the cause and effect of it all. Yeah, no doubt, man. So are you still running in uh, Canada Cocoa? Is that the no, I, 
I started out with the rooted leaf when I did that grape bait bag seed all the way. And then I switched over to nectar for the gods and started with their sample kit. I upgraded to their Roman right away. And now I've started downsizing and I'm only using like half, like I'm only using a few bottles, just like the main few supplementing stuff in if I need it, but only if I need it now. And I'm just kind of uh, experiment with that more, but I got, uh, I got a bunch of uh, Paonia living soil coming. It'll be here on Wednesday. Uh, they hooked me up and donated some soil to me for my project. I'm going to switch over to like a no-till setup. I have a couple of 65-gallon uh, grassroots living soil pots. I got the lined ones, and then I got uh, two of their 100-gallon pots, and I'm going to run them in, the, in a room. And I got one more row. I'm finishing out with Nectar for the Gods. I got uh, six plants in veg that I'm just vegging them to get them a little bit bigger. So the ones in flower now were almost like four feet tall when I flipped them. So I'm getting these ones about the same size. They'll be good in a couple of weeks. I'm going to flip them. So I'll have 11 plants in flower and uh, I'm going to flower them out and do my last grow with nectar for the gods. And uh, after that, I'll just, everything's going to be in the, the no-till uh, pots. Oh, yeah, man. Shout out that uh, soil company again. I mean, uh, Paonia Living Soil. Yes. Uh, They've been on Future Cannabis Project a couple episodes. Bart from Paonia Living Soil. Uh, yeah, shout out and thank you, Bart and Kate from, from Paonia. They're, they're cool as hell. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm a huge fan of their company. I mentioned something to Peter about it. And it happened within like minutes and Bart was hitting me up and it, it was really cool. They're, they're really cool. And, and I was a fan of the company. They use some, some really cool stuff. They have a uh, He's, he's bought some stuff from like archaeological digs, like Mastodon Pete. It was like the largest concentration of Mastodon ever discovered. And then he like bought the, that whole site to use in his, in his soil mixes. He has uh, like fossilized seabird guano that he quoted as pterodactyl shit. And so that got me really interested in that. <laughs> but he was talking about with it being fossilized, though, you don't get this, some of the same issues you'll get from like fresher guanos with the pathogens and stuff. So it all around, I've, I've listened to listened to him talk for, you know, hours on end about uh, just soil biology and, and really brilliant dude. So I'm interested as hell to try his products. Do they have like a YouTube or where are you listening to him talk? Uh, they were on the Future Cannabis Project. If you look up like Paonia Living Soil, it'll probably pull up one of their shows. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can DM you the, the links. I can go find the episodes and DM yeah, no, them if fine. you want to check them out. Uh, they're really cool though. He, uh, they, he really dives into it and explains. Uh, like they do tests with stuff. He does like a couple years of testing things. He tests stuff on the, like the peppers and the veggies before they test it on cannabis. And Like shit gets actually tested. It's, he doesn't use biochar. And like, he's got flack for that, but he, he like it, one of the shows, he explains why. And he's like, I just didn't see a benefit. I'm running a soil. that's like 50% organic matter. I don't think biochar is going to have the same effect. It's going to have on a, like a, a field that has like 2% organic matter. And, and so, like, so that's it. from what he said, he, he knows what he's doing. It's really interesting that he's doing a lot of tests like that. I thought and, uh, they they're compost. I'm really interested in that as well. And I believe they sent me some compost and like an amendment kit. Um, they use uh, chicken manure, I believe, in their compost, and it's uh, pretty damn high in potassium. Their, their compost has like all the, like almost all the flower food you would need. He recommends just using like a little bit of uh, like a seabird guano or some sort of phosphorus amendment with some of the compost and flour, if anything. In a large container, like I'm going to do, I shouldn't really need to do much like feeding at all. 
Yeah, I was going to say that the cut is a lot different as far as uh, volume goes. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. hard to explain, but yeah. That's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited to hear that you're uh, making Yeah, I'm excited. What kind of pushed you that way? Like, I've That's what I've wanted to do. Uh, the reason I went with Nectar for the Gods is because it's a, the way they, it's pretty organic for being in a bottle. Like, it's basically just like microbe poop. It's kind of similar to the KNF recipes with ferments. You're letting microbes make stuff available, but they're not fermenting anything. It's just like a digest, I guess. A lot of it is. And so it sounded really good to me. I've had great results with it, but I wanted I wanted to do a no-till thing, but I didn't have the money up front to get all the soil. And like this opportunity came along and that's why I'm doing it now. And I'm really excited and grateful for that. And, uh, really excited, but I've been reading a couple of the Jeff Lowenfels books. I started on teaming with microbes and I got teaming with fungi. Uh, then the, I'm going to get teaming with nutrients. And then he's got a fourth one coming out in September that I want to get, but I'm, I've already started reading those books and my cousin originally pushed me in this direction. He does no till. Um, he, he farm, he has a couple of llamas. He uses like llama shit and he, he's pretty, he's badass. He, uh, he does some cool stuff and he was a lot of the influence that got me that's what he, he showed me future cannabis project and got me into like uh, watching all these shows and stuff and looking into the organic scene. And so I've kind of had an interest in it from the beginning of growing. I just didn't have the means to really make it happen. And I wanted to do more research because I was skeptical, honestly, from growing with Canna and, and the way I was growing with my family before I'd never heard of anything like that, but I, I trusted my cousin. So I wanted to do my own research first. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been, kind of paying attention to a lot of the shows where people are talking about this stuff any of the anything with like dr faust i love listening to dr faust he's he's brilliant he's really cool but i've been trying to soak up all the information that, like you too you put out a lot of good information man i've been uh, trying to pay attention to a lot of the stuff you say as well so i uh, try to just pay attention to, to people like you that are putting information out and uh, get a grasp on it before i just switched over Oh, that's cool, man. It's uh, it is a big leap. It's not like I don't know, very like oh, it's so easy, so easy. And I'm like, man, you shouldn't. I don't try to sell people on stuff like that. Like it's not, you don't. I don't know. To me, it's not like easier or cheaper. Like those are just weird benefits. I think my uncle thinks I'm insane. I told him what I'm doing, and he's like, no, no till what what are you doing? And I'm trying to explain it to him. Like how I'm not. And he thinks I'm nuts. He's like, you're going to have so much fucking bugs in your house. And, and like, and I, I, I'm excited to show him though. Cause he, I think it would really benefit him. Like he, you know, he likes to travel and go see his girlfriend and stuff. He also, you know, uh, when he's gone, my grandma has to take care of stuff and she ain't mixing up a fucking seven part can of system. You know what I mean? Like if, if all he had to do is give his plants some water or, you know, shit, some recharge or something like a no-till system would be so convenient for him. So I'd kind of like to show it to my uncle too. Like I ain't trying to convert him or anything, but I just, I'd like to show him. I was skeptical too, but I've seen it like just from being online, man, I've seen plenty of evidence that you can grow amazing flower like that. I found a couple of people that have done experiments like, uh, like Chad, he did his water only challenge and that like, that was excellent, dude. And I've seen someone that did it before, but they didn't do it nearly as well as Chad did. So shout out to Chad. That was like, that was killer. And that probably helped a lot of other people besides people like me that just want to see someone that else that's doing it, you know, like for whatever reason, you know, it just kind of helps the self doubt, I guess. But I've, I've been interested in it. I'm interested in trying to, 
you know, build my own kind of terroir in my, in my bedroom. I think that'd be cool. Really. You can like, there's people, uh, you know, going on like 27, 20, I think Steve Cantwell's on his like 28th cycle. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but yeah. Yeah. yeah that, like that's, that shit's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I look up to Steve a lot. He's definitely one of the guys in the forefront as far as like no till commercially goes for sure. He's out there. Yeah. After having 28 cycles, I feel like his, you know, his bed's got to have some sort of flavor and, you know, terroir, if you want to call it, that, that it's leaving on that flower it, like it, it could. I feel, and that's just interesting. You know, that's, that's cool to me. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, I guess it's one of those things where, like, I wouldn't any room have its own terroir like for real like you know? yeah that's that's kind of what i was thinking about too though like even nutrients even like uh using nutrients i feel like i haven't got to experience that personally i mean i'm sure i have tried all the different weed i have but i didn't know what most of the people growing that weed were using i knew one of the dispensaries was using fox farm one was using canna and i know one lady was just using ocean forest and i and i think yeah, at the time we were skeptical and didn't actually believe that she wasn't like bottle feeding. I think she was doing like teas and like a big ass pot of ocean forest. And her her OG was the best OG. And like she had killer OG and killer Bubba. But like looking back now, that's probably what she was doing was like a compost tea, more like super soil type of thing. And we just didn't understand that or grasp that at the time. But for, uh, those are like the only three people that we were getting weed from that we knew like how it was it was grown. And then like once I went to Oregon allegedly to get some cannabis and it was in uh, like Southern Oregon around like the Grants Pass area. And I, I got, it was blueberry hash plant. It was some of the most beautiful weed and it was outdoor. And so I, you know, I asked her, I was like, would, like, how did you, would you feed it? You know, being like an indoor grower, I asked her like, what kind of fertilizer did she use? And she's like, I didn't. It's like, what do you mean? You didn't give it nothing but water. And she's like, no dude, for real. I planted those seeds out in my backyard and all I, I, I didn't even give it water that much. I only had to give it water a couple of times. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's like, no, it's just built for it out here. And I'm looking at this beautiful, like beautiful outdoor that everyone, when it got back to Utah, thought was indoor allegedly was like, and I'm just like, you only gave this shit water. Like she, she moved into this house and the backyard's just primed to grow that quality of cannabis. It blew my mind. And so for, even from that experience too, that's kind of like left an impression on me, but yeah. So like terroir, like epigenetics, man, and like phenotypical expression, it's all like any environment I feel like can could probably do that. Yeah. The DNA is going to express based on environment or whatever is the idea. So with the new soil, man, do you, uh, are you going to document that somehow? Are you going to like, yeah, I'm documenting it on the future cannabis project, you know, do a show for it, do like a grow, grow log diary thing, coming up with some other ideas. Uh, yeah. All right. So we're going to get to see you filling beds and shit. Yeah. Um, I'm doing, I was going to do beds, but beds were a little more work and the pots are basically the same volume of soil and everything, but I'm doing uh, some 65, 265s and 200s. Okay. So I was going to do uh, like 400s, but um, I'm getting, you know, like 400 gallons of soil and I'm going to need like a few gallons for one gallon pots. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to, but yeah, I feel like that'll be perfect. I got some, uh, some of those big ass Botanicare, like heavy duty plastic trays. I got, uh, he brought me three of the three by six trays 
and the 65 gallons, I'm going to put two 65s in them. They're 32 inches wide. And uh, they'll, I could I can stuff the 100 gallons in there. They say they're 38 inches wide. I think when they're filled up with soil, they'll be too much. But uh, I think he said he had some 4x4s, so he's going to bring me a couple of 4x4s to trade. But I got trays to put them in. And so I'm going to do like uh, – I'm going to set up the – two 65s and that one tray and build that into like a solid canopy. And then the hundred gallons, I'm probably going to keep them separate and do some kind of experiment that is yet to be disclosed. <laughs> is that like a room or do you got those in tents? Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm probably getting just a big tent. I was going to build this room out, but it's a little more work than it's worth. <laughs> I got a uh, hardwood floors and like wood paneling on the walls. And it's the, it would be like, probably a hundred dollars cheaper at the most to build the room uh i do have like a cheap pond liner i'm putting down regardless but like in a tent i feel like i'll be able to control the environment so much better i, I can put an eight by eight tent in this like nine by ten nine by eleven room and so it'll have a small space for a lung room and then i can cool that lung room with an air conditioner like much more efficiently than i can like cool the entire grow environment and then if i'm just sucking cool air into the you know like using it as a lung room i feel like it'll also help me keep it cool and but yeah I'm, so i'm looking at getting just a like an eight by eight ten like an ac infinity or something probably easiest but an eight by eight it'll give me you know four four by four quadrants in there um i'll set up that three by six tray on one side and i'll set up the hundreds on the other side yeah that'll be good man so you're just gonna like transplant right into those or you gotta veg them like that's that. what I'm thinking about right now. I got, I, I was, uh, I got the one gallon like plastic nursery pots. Um, I've seen the, uh, the bottomless pots they do. Steve Cantwell uses those. And it's a really cool idea. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to spend any more money to buy them, but I could even like take the bottom off of these plastic pots. I feel like, and maybe do the same thing, but I was thinking maybe the, the air pruning. Cause I noticed their bottomless pots don't have the liner. And so I was thinking that air pruning might be like crucial for getting the roots to go down or something i'm not sure i, I might email them and ask them about that if there's you something know, there but. do you know who uh crescive soil is or uh steve or scott scott ola scott yeah anyway but scott and the crescive method is their uh youtube but uh i heard him talking about they actually came out because he was working on like that bottomless pot design like with steve i guess or whatever but they uh yeah, anyway, they came out with a pot design that's, like, designed to function that way. So, if that's something you're looking for, it might be something to check out. I don't know all the details on it, but... Yeah, they have them now. Um, I was just deciding, like, if I need to buy them or if I can just take the bottom off of any pot if it would serve the same purpose. It's a cool concept, man. I mean, I think anybody that's growing in a fabric pot, you see the roots kind of come through anyway, so it's kind of you know intuitive that that would work right like yeah yeah i think it's a kick-ass idea just because you're not disturbing anything like you can as soon as those roots tap in they're tapping into it and like especially after a few cycles because from what i understand you know once you get like your fungal communities going and everything's got a few cycles in it it's really thriving and if you're not tilling it you're just letting it grow right into it it taps into it just a thriving living system instead of having to like kind of wake back up that's what it seems like anyway yeah, I would imagine you can just get. Have you done it? I have not. I haven't done it that way. I mean, I guess, I, and you know, I shouldn't say I've not, but like, 
I've had them where the roots grow through the pots, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't, it's not like an intentional thing, but I don't know. I guess I'm, I could consider it for the setup I have now, but I'm only doing number 15 pots. So I don't have to be like, you know. Um, do you do cover crops? I, I do more of like a companion plant, I guess, but I do chop it. I don't know. So I, I don't know if I'd really call it a cover crop, but. I got the uh, a build a soil mix. It's a sixty percent clover seed. And I think it's like four species of clover, and that was before I put any like cannabis clones in there. I was gonna like get them set up, get the room set up, and then get the you know get the cover crop down and going, and uh, like yeah. get them alive. No, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Yeah. The one uh, there was one of them in there that was a, kind of a pain in the ass in the original mix, and I, I can't think of the name of it, but it was like climb right up the fucking plants and shit. So there's some of them you got to kind of watch because they'll like. Yeah, I think it's got a four species of clover, vetch, fucking got, it's got twelve different uh, seeds in it. I know that. Okay. Yeah, I run. Uh, I do buckwheat. Uh, and oats and those two were just based off um i think it was uh advancing john kemp advancing eco agriculture was talking and he was explaining how though the buckwheat oats and like alfalfa will have an overall kind of reducing effect on the soil so those are the three i kind of ran and then i i had thrown in some of the uh um, dichondra the other ones in there but they always seem to die off because like i don't know i i'm putting all the stuff on all the leaves on the top for like a mulch too and it just seems to kind of the plants get fairly big they just die off it's like yeah i have uh i have some seeds i got from from dagger also i got like a daikon radish and something else arugula you know what arugula is Oh, that's like a lettuce, I think. Is it? I think so. I'm starting to learn the veggies, man. I, I'm only a couple years into that part of it. Green cauliflower, daikon. So do you do a garden? That's a great another question. Hey, you a garden? Yeah, we're gonna, we're getting we're kind of getting a little bit of a late start, but yeah, I got some uh, throwing some spent soil out in a few spots, and I had a few spots I worked over at the end of winter. All right, so last year when we first moved in it was just too late we moved in in like july last year at the end of july so where'd you start though uh well, i had some cucumbers and they were a couple of them fruited one of them didn't um they didn't make it too long though they they couldn't go very deep like our, our soil is just horrible but i've been throwing spent soils down in a couple of spots i got a really good sized yards i let all the weeds grow up and then just kind of chopped them down and basically threw them down like a mulch uh i was i did want to really try to put some work into this place though and get my yard looking nice i want to get like a bunch of clover or maybe some alfalfa or something too get some kind of uh legume that'll put some nitrogen back in there and then i think like the daikon radish would help with like the compaction and get deep down in there for that's what it does busts out those big gnarly ass tap roots so it's gonna strategize with the stuff that i plant throughout the yard and um bioag is kind of cheap with their like their products like their full humix i could treat my whole yard with full humix for like probably 60 bucks i bet like i could do a good treatment of full like good humic 
acid from bioag on my yard so i was thinking maybe doing something like that but cool man i i've always kind of considered some of that stuff for like the yard like I don't know. I haven't really done shit with my grass. They make it for big ag. As far as I'm pretty sure, like they didn't start making that for cannabis. He does that shit for big ag. They, they have stuff. Uh, I follow him on, in, on IG and I've seen them like blueberry crops and uh, like some orchards and shit that are using like their Acnino and their, their amino product, their uh, silica products. And like, they got a, they got a bunch of cool shit. I use their, uh, some of their trace minerals. Like I, I use that too. So, um, especially at key times, like when I'm flipping into flower. So like when I very first flip the first week or two, I'm hitting them with the Cytoplus, which is like TM7, but it has a little bit of potassium in it from the kelp. And so that has uh, seven really good micronutrients, sulfur and boron and manganese, copper, zinc, cobalt. Fucking, I can't remember all of them. That's most of them now. <laughs> Iron, but yeah, it's, uh, and they're, they both got all those. They are kind of like different uh, ratios between the two, but I usually use the Cytoplus during transition. I'll use the TM7 during veg. If uh, they're having some weird deficiency that I don't know what it is, usually that cures it. So, and then I do try to just give them some trace minerals just because I use the RO water. Uh, I feel like there should be some minerals in there. Uh, I don't do a lot though. I do like a half to a quarter of what they say. Usually, sometimes I'll go up to full strength if there is like an actual iron deficiency or something, but that's rare. But yeah, I'm sparing with it. I'll just put like 40 ppms, 30 ppms in the water. I'm excited to go no-till though and not have to mix nutrients all the fucking time. <laughs> that takes up a lot of my time, man, for real. Then you'll, now you'll just be mixing with soil and amendments instead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest difference there but don't mind that. <clears throat> what's up chat see you all down there hope everybody's doing all right sorry what was that uh, i was just saying what's up to chat i thought you said you were going to be a minute yeah it's hot i said show us a minute that's fair there's some plants They don't have powdery mildew. I just, uh, I use sulfur for like my normal IPM. I spray them down with sulfur before I flip to flower. And then uh, I just rinse them off after a little bit. So you might see the sulfur, but they're thriving. I put uh, two plants in this tote. I wanted to experiment. I had some soil, some of the nectar for the gods soil left over. I amended it with their one shot, but I put the uh, roof banner and the, the NorCal Afku in here because they're both just kind of blowing up. I had to top this Afku again. It's just, they grow like massive. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, and then I threw all the leaf down on it. I like, I trimmed, this is from all the plants as well. I trimmed all the plants up a little bit. Uh, I heard that cherry pie, if you don't trim up the lowers, you'll get some nanners down there. So I kind of lollipopped her a little bit. Same thing with Ken B, so I did the same thing to her. But uh, yeah. See how they're taking really well. They transplanted. They're real happy. And, uh, it's looking good, man. Hell yeah. What was that? So it's looking good. Yeah. Am I not yeah. coming through very good? Do you, you know, hear me all right? Yeah, I had the fan on. Sorry, I just turned oh, it off. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, this Bruce Banner I was having issues with, actually. Um, well, not too much of issues. It just wasn't. Um, let me see if I can find a leaf that shows it. 
it just had some minor deficiency. Like it was having, I don't know if I was feeding it too much with nectar, uh, but it was, I talked to Scott from Nectar for the Gods. He said it looked like it was having issues with the calcium uptake. So uh, I started looking at on forums and other people's grow experience from growing the plant and the GG4 was doing the exact same thing. And from what I found is they're kind of lighter feeders. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to throw them in here. because they're lighter feeders. I could just amend this, throw them in there and it'll be a good little trial run at the, the no-till thing. Also, I'm going to try to just not feed this. I, uh, this was already amended. Some of the soil is getting recycled from an old grow that I, uh, a plant that I just pulled because I didn't want to grow it no more. That, but it was, it only been, been in there for a couple of weeks. And then I, I did amend it more. And then I threw some down on the top and then I've hit it with recharge. So I'm just going to kind of play it by how they look. Um, see how they're doing. I'm going to flip all six of these at the same time. Uh, the rest of them are in, I got two of them in three gallon pots and then I got two in fives. So, yep. and that's like, a, this thing's stuffed. I think this is like a, supposed to be an 18 gallon tote or something. It's one of those big black heavy duty totes. But yeah, the contractor ones, they're 20. Yeah, they're. They got the yellow lid. It, it used to be a clone machine, but I fucking hate using an aeroponic cloner. Uh, I was, I probably just fucking did it the wrong way. Uh, I, I think I was supposed to have it on a timer and not just have the water blowing the whole time. I'm not sure, but I just plugged that shit in and left the water going the whole time. Pretty sure that's what I did wrong. And I could not get it to work. I tried twice. And I mean, I, I usually never ever fail trying to take a clone. I'm not taking tons of clones. Like I can, but I, I can take two or three clones and I'm usually like, I, they don't usually die. I usually have to throw one or two away. So. I'm good with with the dome. That's how I do it. So yeah, I turned this into a into a pot. I just busted some holes out in the bottom, and I stuffed it pretty full, and then just covered it with the leaves. The water can escape out the bottom. You said you got holes in there. Yeah, there's plenty of holes. It's actually up off the ground too. So this is a, a two in one tent. I don't know if you can see it, but it's got like the rails from the frame down there, and this is actually sitting up on those rails. So it's, it'll even get airflow underneath it, probably. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. They're looking pretty good. Uh, I'm happy with them so far. Now, those are all in veg, though. You got you said you had some in flower, too? Or is it yeah, like... I can go in the flower real quick. I have to bring the air conditioner into here in a little bit getting hot as fuck out here in Colorado. Yeah. It's kind of loud in here. So I'm going to dim my lights and turn the fans off real quick. Yeah, we're supposed to be hot as fuck this week, too. So. Sitting looking at the weather. It was like 96 or something I seen. 90-something. Badass. everybody's doing good yeah you guys hear me yeah okay sometimes i don't get the best reception in here yeah this uh this is my flower space so i this was a four by eight tent i got like it was having a tent with all the lights i originally had four of these in there and it was holding the heat in so i cut it down and then that way like i can have a larger canopy than just four foot by eight foot like i can have them hanging a foot out of the frame and so uh, I took the frame down. I've just been using it to hang lights. I got one 
Like I'm gonna, to flower all those other plants out, I'm gonna have to mount one more to the ceiling. And so you can see I mount, I got a couple of hooks. That was really a pain in the ass to do. Finding the studs, like the studs here are pretty dead. This house is old and needs a lot of work. So that's another reason I want to just get a tent to hang lights from. What kind of lights uh, are those? Huh? What kind of lights are those? Bipar Spectra XS 4000s. They're, uh, I got four of them. The third, the fourth one they sent me was the exact same light, but like the, the newer updated version of it. And so these four are 480 watts. They got Samsung 301B diodes. Uh, they got like that fin heat sink. Yeah. It's like aluminum, but they have the, the oh shit, there's my hammer. I got a, <laughs> a hammer was sitting up there, dude. I forgot about that. But uh yeah, they're good for hanging stuff on too. You can just set your set your shit right there. Yeah, don't leave it there. You're not gonna find it. You'll be like, where the fuck is I was wondering, but yeah, they uh they got a meanwhile <laughs> HLG driver, and they actually do. Uh from everything I found, they're legit, they got a, a three-year warranty. I haven't tried to exchange the warranty. My plan is to not run them at 100% so that they last as long as possible because I've heard all these Chinese companies are kind of shit about that and they'll blow up. So I've had my finger, knock on wood, thumb fingers crossed. They've done excellent though. I actually have six of their lights. I got four of these ones. The fourth one's 450 instead of 480, but everything else is the same. And then uh, I got two of their smaller ones, which is literally like half of one of them. One of these, instead of having like a big driver, they just took two of their smaller models and build them together. So it's got two 240 watt drivers on it. But they work really good. They cover a five by three. So three of them will do like a five by nine pretty well. And then I'm going to put one more here. So I got six more plants to bring in. How many, like, how many are you able to flower in there? Huh? How many can you flower in there? Right now, fucking. Like at this specific moment, no more than six. I have five right now. Uh, I'm in the process of getting my medical card and so is my wife. Um, and I'm, they, uh, we can get up to like 50 to 75 plant count at the most on an extended plant count. They'll give you 99 if you're like terminal and shit, but that's a shitload anyway. Like I really don't need that many. But uh, after, after I get my med card, just even the standard med card, they double it. And so you can have, up to like right now i can have six each and up to three in flower and with a standard card they double that so you can have up to six in flower and then uh with an extended card it's whatever your doctor says but i got an appointment uh fucking wednesday morning uh, and then i gotta i gotta transfer my id over because i still have a montana id and it's not really too expensive either. It's like 140 bucks or some shit like that. I'm pretty excited about it. I've always wanted to, to do it, like have an actual med card and shit. It would be nice. I, I want to start popping seeds and doing a pheno hunt. Actually, uh, I, I want to do some breeding. I'm getting some STS from my cousin. I want to reverse. There's a couple plants I'm getting that I want to reverse. So I want to experiment there. I got some pretty decent sized plants right now. Before, dude, I was growing really small plants. So these ones I vegged out probably a little too long for the size of their pot, but I am bottle feeding them. But this is like the smallest one I got. Yeah. It's probably like 42 inches tall. And I just like been training it out. This is the one that the, uh, 
that the one I call the sour nasty, the monkey business crossed the Mac. Super good, man. I'm sending this to the breeder soon. Just like he's seen it. He, he loves this, uh, this one that I found. It's just really good. And I've heard a lot of people hate on this purple punch, right? But this thing is a beast. It's probably great commercially. Like, this thing's fucking massive. It's it's four feet wide. It's almost four feet tall, but it's like it's it's yeah. hard to bar on this four by eight. And it's like it's a it literally this whole plant is a four by two canopy just itself. Can you do it's a like, top side view of it? Huh? Yeah. I just want to see it because I got a purple punch cut and it's it's pretty identifiable. It's got a distinct look, huh? My uncle yeah. or my cousin and my uncle said the same thing when they saw pictures that it looked just like their purple punch more of a narrow leaf dang you go heavy with this this sulfur there wow. yeah i'm rinsing it off tomorrow okay i don't or use uh... my the there's a lot of bugs around here there's like my uh the my neighbor i've been like trading some clones and getting bug from him he's been having issues with like spider mites and probably other shit too there's hemp farms around here and that's what he says is like the hemp farms bring like russets and all kinds of horrible shit so i just don't take chances i had that little scare that, uh for a minute there because my uncle had russets and i was worried that i got them and um i just hit everything hard with sulfur for like two weeks straight like every couple days hard as hell and then checked with a microscope i still just use a microscope to check because it only takes like five minutes to look at every plant really quick and if you, you just want to look for eggs and you know little bugs and shit and I have a ton of bugs because I like I got tons like that. That amendment has tons of shit in it, dude. When I top dress with that, I'll get all kinds of like springtails and badass little micro like beneficial microarthropods and nematodes. Like they're they're happy as shit though. Like that's and that's what like, I asked my cousin about it because I was used to growing in cocoa. I was like, man, like I just the, the plants are happy, but look at this shit, you know? And he's like, no, man, like this. For the most part, if it's moving fast, it's usually like a beneficial bug. They use that's usually like a predator. That doesn't go for everything. And so and, and there's so many bugs, like that's something I want to learn more about that I'm trying to learn more about is bug identification. Because I feel like that's important. So I, I have so many bugs, like beneficial bugs and shit. And it would be, you know. And yeah. I, I I've identified a few. I can't remember the names, but they're like the two most common soil mites, like the white and kind of orangey, like sandy looking ones. I can't remember the damn name. They're in a lot of compost and shit too. Orbit mite, orbital mites or whatever. What was that? Like an orbital mite kind of thing or something. I think so. Yeah, this purple punch is cool. I have the SR seventy one purple Kush, which is an old purple cut. Yeah. Supposed to be from the the um, ultraviolet purple kush from Tricome Technologies in the '90s, and uh, really excited to flower that out. It's really cool looking to it. It honestly has kind of a similar looking leaf to this, and there's theories out there that it could be like a predecessor or closely related, like a sister to Granddaddy Purple. And so it's really interesting. I'm excited to grow that out. Cool. Uh, one of the cool, nicest looking plants I have those is Primus. My, it's another one like that I got from my uncle. It came from my cousin, really though. This thing's pretty huge. This one, uh, this is four feet tall. I'm pretty sure I broke my tape measure the other day, so I can't measure. But the last time I measured this plant, it was it was already fucking uh, like 45 inches tall, 
and that was after I had like bent it and laid it down. It was almost four feet already. It's grown since then. It's uh, today's day eight. It's the first day of week two in flower. So they, uh, they're starting to really blow up and stretch. This is 303OG across the train wreck. Or no, reverse that. It's train wreck. The arcade cut a train wreck is the female. And then 303OG was the pollinator. That's how it's written down. I don't know. I don't like, I don't know the people that made it. So I don't know how much of that's true. But that's what it's written down as. Holy fuck, that's a big ass spider. What? Yeah, you're right. It's a good thing I didn't leave the hammer on the light. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, fucking, what are they called? They're aficionado, they bred with it. They made uh, Prometheus with the Primus. I got him. There's a jumping spider. Oh, shit. This is the one that took my fingernail, this waffle-tipped fucking framing hammer. Oh, nice. Uh, that was a jumping spider, too. If I missed, he would have jumped on me. I hate spiders so much. But, uh, yeah, this plant's gnarly, dude. It grows like crazy. My cousin loves it. He reversed it, and I think he made S1s. I know he made some fem hybrids, but it stinks. I got the flower. When my uncle gave me the cut, he gave me some flower. And, oh, my God, dude. It's like, uh, it's like a sweaty bag of chem. Like it's it's weird. It smells like sweat. It has a like a like it, it don't smell like body odor as much because I've had people say like if I've had weed that like you describe it as body odor. It's not like that. It smells like sweat, like sour, salty. It's weird. I almost didn't like it. It wasn't the jar I was grabbing for at first, but after I didn't have much of anything else left and I started smoking it, I really liked it. But it's it's fucking different, man. It's really good bud though. It's pretty potent. And the three hundred three hundred G. Is supposed to be pre-98 Bubba Kush uh, crossed to a Chem 91. But I don't know how all that works because like everything that makes this is supposed to be a female clone only. So they're either fem hybrids at some point or like there's a male that's I, I, I don't get it. I haven't been able to find out either, but it's really good weed and it grows like a beast. I don't know if I am going to keep it around after this, though. My, uh, my uncle and my cousin both have it, so it won't be lost. I haven't met anyone else that grows it, though. And it's really good shit. Yeah, I've not heard of it. It's a pretty big-ass plant. So is there a, a certain point that you do any of the, like, the leaf stripping or any of that? Is that part of the training that you do? Like leaf stripping, I do a little bit of defoliation, like if I have to. Like this plant was real, the sour nasty was really, really leafy and just tight internodal spacing and shit. So like I'll pop, like I'll bend them, I'll bend them out, right? And then I'll take the, the big fan leaves that are on the inside, I'll pop them off so that all the new growth can get light. And I'll try to just bend them if I can. I only take leaves if I absolutely need to really, but I do do some defoliation. In veg, I'll strip them, like, sometimes at the beginning, dude, I'll strip them down hard shit, and then they'll just regrow, and I'll give them, you know, a couple months, but I don't do a lot of defoliation. The way I look at it is a plant's like a, like a biochemical reactor, car, you know, carbon sequestering factory, and those are, like, they're solar panels, and that's the mouth to eat carbon. They, like, like, plants more so eat carbon through their mouth just as much as they eat through their roots. Like, they, they eat a lot that way, and so my thinking in that sense is to not want to take leaves off but it i don't know they can they can absolutely like shape growth so i try to try to be strategic about it sometimes i take more than i need to though 
What about you? Do you uh, do you defoliate? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I have to. It's it's just the style that I'm doing. Like, you do it like hard. Like um, a- yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't go as t- tight as like what the swaz or like how Grandmaster Level does it or whatever. But I'll definitely. I definitely take quite a bit of them off. So, but to me, it's an IPM thing. And anytime I've tried to let them go shaggy like that, I've, I, uh, I don't know. I just have problems. They get too thick, but, but a lot of it is due to the fact that I let them veg. So in veg there, it's like the one right behind you there. And then I, and then I'll bend them over and, and all that and put them in a scrog. So they're in a totally different position. So of course you got to do some pruning to get them to, you know what I mean? Once I get buds, I'm going to prune a little bit more too. From that, like, uh, I pruned the, that purple punch quite a bit. And I, but I, I try to space them out more. Like, if I can stretch them and, and to get more light in to do it that way, I will. But ultimately, I do got to pull some, some leaves. Like, the spirit train gets really leafy. No, that's a nice little bush, man. Are you doing a topping? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I've topped and trained everything. Check out this sour diesel right here. Hold up. I love this plant. Uh, I did, like I said, I sent this to a buddy that is growing like five different verified sour diesel cuts, and uh, he he's gonna grow mine with them too. And I'm kind of honored about that, but I'm really excited because he's uh, he kind of agreed with me that it looks very very similar to the skunk tech. What you know, what people call the skunk tech is supposed to be the real one. When we got it a little over a decade ago, we'd seen some fake sour diesel. My uncle wanted real sour diesel, and it's, uh, I don't know, I think it very well could be the real deal. I think it is possible there could be a couple different cuts, though, like we were talking about, but it's really fucking good. But this is a, she's a really, really bushy girl. Like, Yeah, dude, that looks really nice. That's on the nice next canopy. Yeah, I spend a lot of time constructing my canopy. I've had to graft a couple of these plants back together, uh, the Bruce Banner, and this one, I've grafted a couple spots, but like you did, you grafted where? Let me see. Oh fuck yeah, I broke them and grafted them back together. Oh, I got you. Okay, I was thinking you like got. Oh yeah, no, I I want to do that. I'm gonna do that eventually, but yeah, you, you can't see it too well. But I get real knobby ass fucking stocks, man. From training them and I feeding them that uh, that cracking. It's got all that chitin in it. Noticed it. That hardens them up. Yeah, this plant, I'm real excited for this one. I've been keeping it very healthy, uh, and it's, it's just taken off. I've been seeing a lot better results since I've been, like, dialing my EC back and feeding less and just trying to feed as less as, as little as possible as opposed to as much as possible. So everything's much happier. Yeah, I like that that approach. Actually, that was the, that was the old man tip that I got from uh... – so yeah, when I started growing, there was a, an old guy I know, Jimmy, that uh, I should probably actually go say hi to him, see how he's doing or whatever. But he uh, he helped me out with this. I don't know, listening to my rant or ask questions, and he was the guy that could direct me. But that was his biggest tip: was like, okay, just whatever you think you fucking need to add, just don't add it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It was just kind of funny. It was always like the minimum. Scott from Nectar says that too. And like, I started with the sample kit and I should have stuck with it. And I, like, I didn't like fail. I just, I could have done better if I didn't get the whole Roman and try to throw the Roman at everything. 
I tested it on an auto flower that handled everything really well. I think we talked about that. I experimented with the bloom chaos right off the bat, got all the way up to 20 milliliters a gallon on an auto flower. was like, hell yeah, nectar for the gods is the shit. I was feeding them at like two, like 2,200 parts per million. It was taking it so well and it was still a little hungry. Like, and then a couple other plants like the sour nasty will take it. No problem. But most, I was trying to grow like several different plants at the same time, you know, and it's, uh, I started to use it and it was fine at first. And then I went up above like five mils and everything reacted horrible. And it was just, uh, I was able to like fix them, but it, I, I lost a lot of mass. I still had decent quality, but I lost like a lot of weight and size and I stunted the growth on them. It could have been a lot better. And this time I've just been feeding like as little as possible. I'm mainly just going with the, the what is like their A and B, like their Medusa and Gaia. Okay. And that's like my bread and butter. And I'm just adding, I do like start, I start to build up on the bone meal though, as I'm flipping, I'll add a little more because uh, just to make sure it's in there because I don't want them to get hungry. That's the issue I've had. I do amend with their amendment though too. And that shit works really well. As long as you have like microbes and recharge and, and then following the instructions of like feed, feed, tea, feed, feed. I don't necessarily have to flush, but doing a tea every like two to three feedings has helped a lot too. Cause like all their food isn't fucking instantly available. So it'll build up. And if you don't have the microbes to eat it, I think I've had issues with that before as well. I think it could have been causing some of the pH issues I was having before. So I had pH issues too, but everything's doing much better now. Oh, that's cool, man. Hey, that was the big tip was like, try to make it like a game to see if, see how little you can feed them throughout it. And then you get an idea. And that was actually a cool, cool thing because like you do get to see actually where the plants kind of slow down. And then when you do start to bring in some kind of a nutrient to feed them, whatever it is, you kind of see their response and like, you know what I mean? You kind of see what, what's going on there and you get a pace for what they really can metabolize you know and it's really is a lot i don't know i mean everybody's like they're heavy feeders heavy feeders but but i think what we think of as heavy is not as heavy as what you know what i'm saying like yeah uh, i think i think they hear heavy feeder and people you know like your mind just automatically goes to like let's bring i think you gotta have environment really dialed in for stuff to eat heavy and that's what i've been focusing on more is uh closing this door off and just holding all the humidity that these plants are putting out on their own. It's dry as hell out here, but it is almost 70% humidity in here right now. 65% humidity, 79 degrees. And it, it does not like my high is 70 or my high is 81. My low is 79. I mean, that's what I'm fucking with. It's like a two degree, three degree temperature drop at night right now. And I'm seeing crazy growth. Yeah, I keep everything optimal. Like what I've been, looking into is optimal and how the plants respond and when i get the humidity above 55 60 percent especially like i noticed it in veg and it's beginning of flower i know i want to drop that once i start budding but i see way better growth i notice like they eat way more co2 i'm not supplementing co2 but i have a meter and so i pay attention to how much co2 they seem to be going through i've talked about this with toad and there's a correlation there that you can see like the more humidity they're releasing that's them like photosynthesizing and actually like you know sequestering carbon and so the more carbon they're taking in theoretically the more humidity they should put out and you should be able to see that and that's what i've been trying to like pay attention to, to keep them healthy and i've been doing a lot better than i was before but just 
keeping the environment what happy, feeding What minimum. parts per million are you shooting for with CO2? I just started hitting a thousand in flower. And so with nectar too, like the way they explain it is it's not all instantly available. And so right now in veg, I'm getting up to 800 and that's after adding Zeus and like, that's after putting in 120 PPMs of CalMag and TM7. And then, so I'm really feeding about like 700, maybe 680 PPMs in veg, of like their food with their the Zeus humic. And then right now in flower, they're probably getting like 900. So not too high. Uh, might go up a little more than that. Once they start budding, I am. I'm going to introduce the Triton and the, the Guano tea. But I'm not really going to go much over 1,200 if I, like, unless they really look hungry. One thing that helped, I stopped using that Demeters altogether. I've been using it at like two milliliters per gallon, and that's it. That shit was just like a lot of calcium. And I noticed that that was something that if you don't need it, you shouldn't, that I didn't need to use it. And I thought that was one that like was essential the way I kind of read about it. That was an essential one, but not in my experience so far. Well, it's a balance. That's the biggest thing. That was the biggest gold, like, or lights, mo lights on moment for me. Cause like you say, you think, oh, I got to add it. And I was running Nectar. I ran Nectar for a year or whatever. And that's kind of where, what stemmed me on the transition was you start reading the bi that nectar bible or whatever and uh that like has so much information in it you start realizing you can do all the shit without you know like buying and a you can make it yourself that's yeah. why i want to experiment with making my own digests and ferments and shit like you can make all that stuff yourself that's a that's a primus leaf throws the fives like the sour diesel does What do you think about the number of fingers like that? It, you can't get it to do seven? Dude, these plants are happy as fuck. I think they might add some sevens. Let me look. Yeah. Yeah, I got sevens on the Primus, but I think that diesel only throws fives, if I, know, if I remember right. But I think outdoor, I think outdoor you'll see different than that. Like, I've heard that as well. I want to grow outdoors so bad. As soon as I get my med card, I'm going to throw some outside, but I want to, it's really hot out here. So I want to dig down. I can get someone to bring a tractor over to where I can get six feet down and put a hoop house over that. And that'll keep it cool in the summer and warm in the winter. I can go all year long with a little bit of supplemental heat and a swamp cooler for humidity. And like, it, uh, that's how that would, like I could do that fairly cheap too. If I get like a used swamp cooler and I could do that pretty cheap. So you can't be in the mountains then if you're talking about digging down and shit. <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> I, huh? was thinking, I was just thinking you're not in the mountains. Then. Oh no, I'm on the edge of the dust bowl, the okay. western edge of the dust bowl, and they're still tilling, and we get dust storms, and my water is so polluted. We actually got another notice in the mail last week, just saying like, do not drink your water, do not give it to your dogs, be careful bathing your children that they don't drink a little bit of it. What? We have such poor, it's from all of the farming, dude. They're dumping so much anhydrous ammonia and all other kinds of shit and pesticides and crop dusting and fucking, that's another reason I'm glad I'm not working there no more, dude. They're all, it's, it's crazy, man. Like big agriculture is sketchy. <laughs> like I was working in the fields and they want, they want like, they're, they're all crop dusting and then wanting you to go in there and shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm waiting at least a few days. <laughs> 
Dude, I, I, I never ran the dry powdered nutrients or whatever, but I was, I like listened to some of the ag guys on stuff because I'm throwing, you know, veggies and shit, right? Yeah. There's one guy talking about his tomatoes and like he had this like feeding regimen. Like, I don't know, it blew my mind, man. But he, he was talking like, so I get it. It was for a big, you know, a big hoop house or, or whatever, but they, uh, he was running like seven pounds of that stuff through like a week. And I was kind of like, I was just thinking in my head, like, holy shit. And it was all like, yeah, it was like a, a 71938 or something like that. So it was like a ton of like, like, yeah, I don't know. But it, it, to me, it just seemed like it was a crazy amount. But I know, like, yeah, like they factor for runoff and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they realize there's only a percentage of that that the plant's actually taken up too. Yeah, you know? sounds kind of high, but I don't know. One thing with nectar, it seems like there's not a lot of potassium in it, but I think they make, I think it pulls potassium from the medium. I remember right, I'm not sure about that though. Well, the calcium in there will kick the potassium and. Yeah, that's, that's how they explain it. That's why I've been adding the meter back in, that the meter will also help the potassium, not just the magnesium deficiency. Oh, look, I found the seven. Oh. So here's a concept that might help you, Dog Days, too. This was something that I never really thought about. But, um, but yeah, like, there's a ratio of, like, a calcium to, to potassium or whatever. And that, like, as you go into flour, all you're really doing is trying to, to shift that ratio a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where, so maybe that might help you with thinking about whatever additive you want to do or, or whatnot. Yeah, no, that does make more sense. That kind of makes sense with why my philosophy has been working better with cutting back on everything. Like I've been trying to just go the bare minimum and use like the key things that you're supposed to use at transitional periods. And that kind of makes sense. Like you're, if you're trying to just tip that scale at a certain time, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, and it, it's just like, so the idea of just, oh, I can add more, you know what I'm saying, or, or add a lot, you're not really trying to add a lot of whatever, you know, so if you get a bloom additive or whatever it is, you really start think, the more I realized that there was just that balance, you like start dialing that shit back is what I was trying to get, you know what I'm saying, because you really, you only need to bring it to a certain level, you're not really trying to, you know, give it a ton all the time or whatever yeah that's cool though yeah so, i'm excited though these are gonna be big dude i've i've grown like one ounce plants the whole time and one gallon pots these are i think these are like sixes these three plants are in like six or seven gallon pots and big square pots they're way bigger than my fives so do you scrog them like like those are gonna stretch but do you scrog those then or or how do you no, dude, i'm just gonna run it like i that i run no a lot of that i train the fuck out of them and they're they're strong if i have to i'm gonna wait when they start packing buds i'll probably have to bamboo them but i'm gonna yeah. try it out dude I'm, i've been training them i'm gonna see if i can run that sour diesel the full 12 weeks without having to scrog it i ain't gonna let it break but i'll see it's yeah. a tiny plant but that so far dude shit's been like just i have the time to come in here and bend every branch a little bit every day and that goes a long way it builds everywhere you bend them and shit dude it builds this little knot and they just get it's like a callus and it gets hard and i'm feeding them that kraken which is chitin from crab and shrimp shells pure shells no no nitrogen no meat or nothing and that 
I, I see a correlation with that from where like when I when I went from five to ten, I had to be more careful training or they would just break. I broke quite a few branches. That's why I had to graft them because it just made them really strong. Like they could still bend, but I had to be more careful to bend them or they would just fucking snap. I'd be prepared to do something to support them, though. Because, they, like, I don't know, it'll be like that week six when you're trying to scramble and shit because they started throwing weight in, like, week seven. Yeah, I might have to. I'll probably will. I don't know. Just, yeah. At least some bamboo or something to tie A in. couple of them I definitely will. This spirit train right here. And then the this one, I, I don't think I'll have to do these ones at all. These two will be fine. That's a nice push, man. This one doesn't stretch much. It didn't the first time I grew it anyway. What other ones? Did you have other ones in flower too? Or is that? So I got the the Primus, the Sour D, the Purple Punch, Spirit Train F2, and the Sour Nasty. And then I got what's coming in two weeks is Bruce Banner, NorCal Afgu, um, Cam D, uh, SR71 Purple Kush, fucking Cherry Pie. That was the other one. And then I just got the G Soul and taking clones and getting stuff ready for that living soil growth. But I'm getting all them out here in the flower. And uh, I'm going to flower them out in here while I convert the other room into the living soil room and just probably have like a little small veg station to keep my clones alive for the cuts I'm keeping around for the living soil growth. So. That's dope, man. Yeah. It's uh, so what's uh, the next one? Um, you got seeds from Toad that you're popping or something? We got a full moon coming up. Um, I got some Hunza Valley 91 F2s and F3s. I already sprouted some F3s, I just planted the F2s. And that is the puck crossed the Chem 91 BX3 male from uh, Skunk BA, Lucky Dog Seeds. My homie got the F1s, he F2'd them and F3'd them, selecting towards the really potent squat ones that reminded him of Puck. And then he sent me the F2 and the F3 generation. So I'm going to select something out of them. I want to find a male out of that and collect some pollen, honestly. Um, I'm, I got some Colorado Super Skunk Seeds uh, from Top Dog that I'm going to pop. That's his mass super skunk analog cut across to uh, star dog basic skunk. Everything I could find out about basic skunk is it's like a Shiva skunk, like an NL5 skunk. So basic five was NL5, and it's, that's what so, so that uh, I'm gonna be popping some of them. Um, I'm gonna pop some more super skunk F4s, and those are the seeds I'm gonna be popping. But there's some clones that I'm uh, should be getting hopefully soon, also. So should be maybe getting some new cuts as well i think i might have found the uh an you're, you're not gonna have room for all these what are you talking about oh, i'll be fine i'm not gonna i'll be fine yeah, yeah i don't know man. you don't have any favorites like i, I mean uh, for a minute all of them are my favorite i just like i'm gonna pop those seeds and i'm gonna keep some pollen out of the males and i'll probably pick a female out of them if they're good but i want to keep these older cuts and like that are so like the sour diesel i want the chems i want to grow a lot of the stuff that i may or may not have tried but i was probably too young too and missed out on they got a lot of provenance behind them and you know it's a legend i'm not in it for the hype though i'm really interested in the 
a little bit of the history. It's kind of cool. It's like smoking the history of our culture. Honestly, smoke growing the Chem 91 or something. That's that's in everything that's worth the shit. So yeah. it's, it's stuff like that really interests me. And it's I think that if it's been around that long and people risk their freedom to keep it around and keep that clone going, it's probably some damn good weed. So there's some stuff I'm real interested like that in. Um, I don't know. The only hype thing I could think of that I am kind of interested in is that Mac one, because that was the only, some of the only flower I had from a dispensary that was actually pretty good. And I didn't know any, this was before I got online and before I was growing and I didn't know anything about like the hype of it or anything like that. I just asked her, I was like, what's some of the dankest shit you got right now? And she hands me a jar of the Mac and let me smell it. And I was like, wow, yes, send me home with some of that. And it was really good. Like really, really good. <laughs> And out. there's a lot of uh, a lot of people like do really nice work with the Mac for sure. Sorry, what was that? I just said there's a lot of people that I've seen do really nice work with the Mac for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a gorgeous one. I'm gonna kick the fans on and get get out of here real quick. Yeah, you're good. The fans get real loud. I got some big steel fans. Yeah, you don't want to leave them. Off. Don't forget them at least. <laughs> Bloody shit. Hope everybody's doing well in chat. Dude, Mr. Smiley, killing it over there. Appreciate you hanging out. Yeah, man. Pulling it down this evening. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Hanging out. Did we miss anything? I just didn't want to interrupt. As I said, we missed Not it. yet, man. Yeah, keep you know me. I, you know, once you got, once you got it rolling there, I didn't really want to jump in because technically, with the better internet, you probably had already knew what was going on more in the story than I did when you came in. So I appreciate you kind of keeping things going. You know what I mean? I didn't want to jump in. You know how I feel about the multi-person interview. I kind of feel like it's a good cop, bad cop thing. You know what I mean? It kind of gets a little confusing. So once you got it going, you were holding it down fucking awesome. So I was like, yeah, man, this is going well, man. I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt the flow. I'll just kind of hang out, hang out and chat. So hopefully you didn't mind, but you did, dude. You guys did have done awesome so far tonight. So I appreciate right. you guys for, you know, saving the show from another fucking internet tragedy. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, it's working a lot better now, though. That's good. Yeah. I'm still on the phone. Every time I try to get on the, I tried to switch over to the computer at one point. I popped back in, and it was, as soon as I put in the earbud, it was all robot voice. I was like, yeah, I'm doing better on the phone. <laughs> Let's go, man. So, what do you got? Your clones there? Yeah. Give him the neighbors some clones. I got got a tray of clones for him. And I got uh I just took clones off of everything uh that I'm about to flip. I'm keeping the Chem D SR71, Afghu, Cherry Pie, Bruce Banner. And I got some Gorilla Glue 4 backed up in there for me too. How you like that one? Huh? How you like the Gorilla Glue? Oh, you, all right, you guys are gonna laugh at me, man. I killed the Gorilla Glue. What do you mean? I feel like I was trying to put it originally. This was supposed to be Gorilla Glue and Bruce Banner. And uh, that Gorilla Glue, I, I, I figured out really quick 
that I could not train that plant. I don't know if it's like that for everyone else. I did find some people saying that on the forums that if you try to bend it, it'll break no matter what. That was my experience. And uh, it's a plant that should be topped and left alone. And uh, yeah, it got a little too much pressure on that bottom stock when I was putting it in there and it just snapped. I tried to graft it. I tried so hard to graft it, but it would not take. I gave it. And because I'm going to flower, I was originally going to flower in a week, but now I'm going to wait two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I tried to graft it. It wouldn't take. Thankfully, I have like a dozen backed up clones because my neighbor wanted a bunch of them. Uh, they just, we just had a horrible storm and his greenhouses got taken out. Everything he had got taken out completely. So giving him a few Gorilla Glues. Thankfully, I got it backed up. I'm really bummed, kind of embarrassed about it, but not giving up. It was kind of a bit uh, being kind of nitpicky too. That and the Bruce Banner are the only plants that have shown any deficiency this round at all. Like I was saying, they just got that weird calcium uptake looking issue, but uh, I think it's because I wasn't doing any teas. I was just kind of feeding over and over. I've noticed doing like throwing some recharge in there with just water once really helped. Do you do anything for foliar? Like, are you feeding? Oh, yeah. I love foliar feeding. Uh, I love using that Athena's Amina's Amino product they have. I'll use that. I'll use the Pegasus Potion, um, some of the kelp. I like to use Photo Plus and get some microbes on there. They have a photosynthetic bacteria in there. I feel like having photosynthetically active bacteria on the leaf surface is really good. Um, so I try to keep biology on the leaf surface. Like after I do a sulfur treatment, I rinse them with water and then I wait a few days and I spray them down and do it like a foliar feed and put some biology back on the leaf. So I feel like sulfur probably kills all that shit off good and bad. But, uh, yeah, like I, I've been experimenting with foliar feeding more since I got the nectar for the God stuff. And I really like it. Using aminos and a foliar feed is really awesome. It's I've seen like instant results with that shit. And um, I, I do still use one of the Rooted Leafs products. They have a magnesium foliar. It's made from magnesium carbonate. But uh, I believe it's actually magnesium fulvate is what it is in the bottle. It's derived from magnesium carbonate. And they use they get their fulvic from bioag as well. And it has a good amount of fulvic acid like if you use this you don't need to add any more full power in there it has full enough in it already but it's a, a low concentration of magnesium but it has uh, green tea and I think safflower extract in there so it has caffeine which in itself like alkaloids are kind of like uh, a nitrogen source as well from what I've been able to find out like nitrogen and aminos and fucking alkaloids can all be broken down into nitrogen that's my understanding anyway i don't know if that's true but they love it dude it's like they get cracked out on caffeine they pray hard like you'll see plants praying and then you spray them with it and they'll pray harder no matter what it's a really cool foliar but it's uh really good because from what i've looked at like magnesium is really reactive like how you're talking about with the, getting the right ratios of things like magnesium in the root zone can be very reactive with other stuff. And so like magnesium, if you have a really good magnesium foliar, that can be good to have. And that's, I use that uh, if I ever see a mag deficiency start to come on and it's like, boom, instant. And then the aminos too, they're, they're kick-ass. They get, I get, I feel like I'm getting a lot of bushy fucking nice internodal spacing, lush growth when I foliar feed aminos. That's what it seems like anyway. And that's kind of the, uh, from what I've read, like when you're feeding them in a foliar feed, you're putting all that food right there. They don't got to transport it. And so they don't like, it can promote more like lateral or that'd be, yeah, lateral growth. You know, I don't know, I'm stoned. 
lateral or horizontal <laughs> lateral is this way right yeah yeah so it's lateral branching instead of horizontal growth vertical growth. i feel like that's backwards though vertical growth is vertical yes yeah no the aminos definitely yeah i mean it's like a lot of them are like in the 10 to 14 percent kind of nitrogen if they get an npk rating on them or whatever but yeah that's yeah, it's really potent stuff and i've i've come to get dial that back a little i don't know like the aminos seem like you say they're so react like it's it's such a good feed like it's almost like almost once a week's too much you know what i'm saying like it's uh this one's really light like i'm using the nectar for the gods one and it's a point uh, zero it's a point five percent nitrogen it's not even a, a one but um peonia is sending me i think they sent me their amino amendment which is like a 1300 so i'm gonna experiment with that as well we'll see how that works out yeah, yeah aminos are kick-ass though like they're the way i feel i feel like that's like the best way if you're gonna supplement nitrogen i feel like that's like the the best form of like nitrogen to supplement with yeah and don't beat yourself up too bad about breaking one i just broke one broke one off at the base like that i was trying to get it under the scrog or whatever oh shit same thing but i i lean them down at like a 45 but you know degree angle so i kind of get the whole thing and you can do it if you do it nice and slow kind of yeah. wiggle it you know what i'm saying and i sure shit was like hurrying or not paying attention and it fucking got to muscle in it and crack right in half yeah. dude i didn't even yeah. try to grab yeah. it because it's like fuck it you know if you if you look like i put these in there it not maybe not quite a 45 but i angled them in there like you're saying they were actually at more of an angle and i took a strap and i like tied the two of them together and kind of put some pressure on it so they would kind of grow back together because i accidentally had them at too much of an angle but yeah that's how i broke it pretty much same damn way that you're saying and i was like oh fuck it was a good thing i took clones and i, I took some more off the plant since i broke it this yeah, is one i'm super see. excited about What's that one? The the Gisel. Oh, all right. That's cool. Where'd you get that one from? Well, uh, from an undisclosed, very oh, awesome gotcha. friend. All right. Someone, uh, Mr. Toad, kind of turned me in the direction of that. Can that, uh, I know they have legit stuff at least. So that's, that's cool. one thing I've noticed that like there's a lot of like scammers and fakes and shit out there and stuff too. There's a lot of fake cuts out there that people don't even know they're fake. Honestly, I've been doing like. Like supposedly there's some fake chem cuts that were actually given out by the chem crew as chem dog. And so like people are getting a cut from the, the people that supposedly actually have it. And so of course they're going to think it's real. And those cuts could be fired too. And so like, like there's, that's like a thing with the headband. Like there's people that keep fake headbands just because they're so good. I got a buddy that has one, but, but yeah, uh, it seems it's, it's legit. I've been looking at pictures and shit of it too. And it's, it's a very distinct look to it. Um, I can see some similarities with the chem D also. I'm really excited to grow it next to the chem D. So what's your plan? Like with the big library, are you just like trying to search have, them all for personal experience? Is that kind of, I'm going to make hybrids as well. I've, I've always had a passion for genetics. Like I was saying, I've always wanted to breed like my, like I, I was the one who wanted to pop those seeds that we accidentally made like i i've always had that interest and uh it's i i want to do it at least for myself you know like i want to grow it to smoke it first and foremost 
like I said, I'm just really intrigued with them. I want to grow them. I want to smoke them, but I'd like to make some hybrids and stuff too. And especially a lot of the older stuff, man, like in another 20 years, like I don't know too much about like the genetic drift, but I do, I have heard like older shit doesn't seem to work as well. I don't know if that's true, but it, just with how old they are, it'd be good to make some hybrids with them just so I could pop them later, you know, cause I could all, shit happens. You lose stuff sometimes, but yeah, no doubt. I'd like to make hybrids, but I really would like to grow them and smoke them and uh, just, just collect them and have them. I look up to people that have done that. If it wasn't for people doing that, then I, all I would have to smoke right now is fucking cookies and gelato. So, <laughs> yeah, you think so? Yeah, probably. <laughs> if they had anything to say about it, yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think whatever. I think that's just a small portion of what what's yeah. out there. Like yeah, it, <laughs> it gets the hype, right? It gets the attention, but there's so yeah. many. Like, I don't know, I, I just see that every, like, every state that's been coming online, even, you know, whatever, Michigan, all that, but it's just, like, all these old heads come out of the woodwork, man, and they've been at that shit in their state for a long time, and they've been, yeah. you know what I mean, they know what's up, they're not, you know, they're not newbies, rookies to the, the thing or whatever, yeah. so that's yeah, been kind of eye-opening to realize that, like, like, everybody me personally my perception was always like oh all the great growers are out in out west or out in colorado but those were the guys getting the attention right they were just the guys out in the, you know what i'm saying and it turns out there's fire ass growers in every fucking state like there's you know, a ton back east yeah. though, your way though like out michigan yeah. east coast like all that area there like virginia uh shit dude fire growers in missouri and like I, I mean even the states that aren't legal like it's like, i'm intrigued with the grateful dead and how like so many of these like old head growers were connected through grateful dead shows and that's like if there was no grateful dead there would be no chem dog and like all this other shit if you think about it like i think that's kind of cool too like the history of it all that's why i like a lot of the podcasts that put out the history and the interviews with these people because it's uh i don't know if it's, i'm sure it's interesting to a lot of other people but it's like i'm very interested and in i think it's great like rich interesting history it's cool that people are putting it out there yeah no doubt that had a key because i mean they just covered so much of the the country you know <laughs> saying so like every spot they were just leaving crumbs you know it's like yeah yeah a lot of that, uh, that became uh, a lot of legendary stuff that's cool yeah it's badass yeah so what's been your favorite one so far though like uh do you got a top like uh yeah i've grown so far that sour nasty was so fucking good man that that was some really good bud i think out of everything the uh what was it that the space gear that i grew from mr toe that was some really really good smoke that spirit train it's very unique I haven't grown a whole bunch yet, hmm. like on my own since I've been here, but um, I really like the super silver sour diesel haze pheno that I had, or Gino. It, uh, it would throw these weird shitty seeds, though, late into flower and it wasn't worth keeping. Probably that sour nasty, honestly, is the favorite thing I've flowered out so far. It's just really good, like a nasty, pungent, sour OG Kush really good super dense heavy crystallized buds it's gorgeous i got a picture of it 
I'm just asking, but it kind of sounds like you're you're kind of hunting to to form a library, really, and keep. Yeah, I wanna. Keepers. Sounds uh, like you're doing a pheno hunt across a lot of like different yeah. legendary cuts versus like. So with the seeds that I'm planting, like the Colorado Super Skunk, Super Skunk F4s, and the uh, Hunza Valley 91 F2s and F3s. Uh, like the F2s and F3s are already kind of worked a little bit. I'm just going to look through that for some good smoke and probably a good mail. But the I'd like to do like a population increase. I'm definitely going to do it with the Colorado Super Skunk because it's an F1 hybrid from Top Dog. So I'm going to F2 that before. It's like that's, uh, I don't know, I want to try to do my own thing. I don't just want to take their stuff. I've, I've been, uh, that was something that kind of that Toad, uh, like, imparted to me was like be respectful of other people's work even if i mean i'm not gonna i don't know if i'm necessarily gonna sell seeds or anything but still like beyond that like i would he, he kind of taught me that like doing your own work really makes it yours you'll have a more personal connection with the stuff you're growing so i want to do like a population increase and in f2 them so i can have a bunch of seeds to go through so you know it's a numbers game really to find find one like if you can run 100 seeds or a thousand seeds then you'll find something really worth it and i'd like to do that over time and like, if I, if I have a, a limit to where I could do like 20 to 30 at a time and, a, you know, pop them and uh, sift through and like cull them out as I go, that'd be really cool or more. I'd like to do, do that to pick through my seed lines and then, yeah, find a male and find like some females to keep, maybe find a couple males. And, like you're saying, pollinate all these plants that I'm interested in. So what do you, what do you mean by a population increase? Are you just like using multiple males? Is that well, just like how, how, like I'm going to have a 12 pack of the seeds, like that Colorado super skunk. And I'll, like at best I could only select from 12. Maybe he hooks me up with a couple free seeds in there. So I get like 14 and at best I'm making my selection out of 14. But if I take those and do like an open pollination or even just take my favorite male and favorite female and cross them, I could make 10,000 seeds and then I'll have literally 10,000 to select from. And when you have two something, you'll see things from the ancestors and it's the lineage of that crop, that cross that is something I'm also interested in. So F2 and it would be my best bet to see the traits I'd want to see anyway. And it would also give me the population increase. So I could have a hundred seeds instead of 12 seeds to look through and I could, you know, do that over time or like to work to where I could uh, be a caregiver or something to where I could actually, you know, maybe help some people get medicine and ha- be able to have enough plants to go grow a hundred, grow a thousand. That would be amazing to do that. But I'm really interested in doing that, man. I just, I love genetics. I don't want to get myself in trouble or anything though, but in today's world, it's totally possible, man. Like it's, right. it's, you might uh, have to move to Colombia and fucking have hectares of uh, property by the time you're done with this shit. Like fucking, uh, yeah, it's uh, Breeder Steve in uh, Colombia, man. He's, growing hectares of cannabis <laughs> yeah it's fucking awesome right you know what uh just a funny thing but we, we somebody should make like a tinder of cannabis like to fucking find like missing cuts or whatever <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> hell yeah <laughs> that's great like passing shit around whatever be funny all right that, that idea is out there i guess that'll probably happen if it's not already happened <laughs> you can just flip through like like bud porn form <laughs> it's funny yeah crazy so do you do anything outside of the garden what's uh you got any hobbies or interests um 
shit, when I, before my Jeep broke down and I lost it, I really liked my Jeep and I was fucking going to build that into a rock crawler eventually and kind of interested in that auto mechanics and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I do some other stuff, but like my main passion and like at this point in my life, something I'm really super motivated and focused on is kind of growing. But yeah, I want to, what I would like to do beyond that though is like, I would like to, uh, I'd like to move from here and I want to go back to Montana and I would like to have a nice, nothing huge, but enough property to farm and maybe like have uh, a couple of llamas maybe some cattle that I could actually eat, at least raise chickens for like composting and for eggs and for other kinds of shit, you know? And, uh, I'd really like to do the homestead thing, man, for real. I'd like to, if I could be completely self-sufficient and the only damn bill I have in my life that I got to give people paper money for is my property taxes. That's what I would like to be like self-sufficient. And, uh, but it, it's, it's hard to do that nowadays. You kind of still have to have some kind of income, but I'd like to, I would like to have something similar to that. Like I, I uh, I'm not necessarily like any social or anything. I, I mean, I like some people, but I wouldn't mind being back out in the boonies in the middle of the Rockies in Montana, like <laughs> growing some food, having some cows and minding my fucking business and growing wheat. I like how you put that. I like some people. <laughs> yeah. Some people. I, I have a lot of dogs. That, well, I got two dogs for now, but. All right. What kind of dog? I got a boxer that's going to be four next month. And then uh, I just got this puppy that we rescued. He's a pit bull healer, red healer. He looks, it's so weird. He looks just like a, he looks like a golden, uh, like a golden yellow lab. He's got like uh, that same color of a yellow lab. And he's almost got a lab head. I don't know. He's a cute little dog though. Uh, he was, he got him from across the street. The lady, the girl works all the time. It's really not her fault completely, but. She has a bunch of dogs and she has this corgi that was mean as fuck to him. And she got him way too young, man. He, they pulled him off the tit too young. You could tell, like he tries to nurse off everything. And he was so small that his paws, were, you know how when you get a puppy, their paws are huge. He was so small and young. His paws hadn't even grown, like gotten big yet. I, I seen a dog for the first time in my life. I watched a dog grow through, go through the growth spurt where their paws starting to get big. Cause I got him and I was like, what the fuck? I've never seen a puppy with normal sized paws. Every puppy I got they're at the age where their paws are bigger than the rest of their body. It was weird, but yeah, man, the other dog wasn't letting him eat and he was really fucking skinny. Like really, like you can see his hip bones and his ribs really bad. And like, he was so skinny. He could sneak through the fucking fence and like, like flip through it. And he, he started coming over here cause he saw my boxer and my boxer is just super friendly. And so we started feeding him. And he would come over here and play. And then she started tying him up and shit. And it was sad, dude. It made me and my wife both, like, I'm not even gonna lie, dude. It made us both cry. I got a really, I like, really, like, I love animals, man. I have a soft spot for animals. And it was, it was sad. And so uh, we, we asked, we told her, like, hey, you know, that dog's, I don't know if you know, but your dog is not very well taken care of when you're at work. And we would, like, be more than happy to take care of him and shit because you have a lot of dogs. And then, uh. That, that was when she like chained him up and he couldn't come over here no more. And so then we just offered some money and like a little bit of weed and shit. And then eventually she came around and afterwards, at first I really had a bad, like a bad feeling about the girl, but she's actually pretty chill and she just, she's going through her own shit and she's surrounding herself with a bunch of animals, 
and then the rest of the animals are fine they're not like neglected but that corgi i i would watch it man it like they weren't it wasn't letting him eat and that's why he was so skinny it would like attack him when he tried to eat and so he was he had some food aggression when i got him too and i just like he, he learned really quickly that boomer wasn't going to hurt him though my boxer just absolutely adores him so he's a he's a sweet little dog though dude i love the shit out of him he's so smart too i already taught him some tricks he's got to be like four months old at best how long have you had him? A couple weeks, probably. That's cool, though. Shout out to save. He's a sweetheart. He gets along with my boxer really well, too. That's dope. You... <clears throat> what was that? I was going to ask where you're smoking, but I remember that you said that you're, you got miscellaneous from... I do have what was uh, given to me as Girl Scout cookies, Pineapple Express, and Baked Alaska. Um, but he has been getting, all those come from seed form, and he's been getting his seeds from fucking, goddamn. I love growing marijuana, which I've heard of from a lot of people. is like a, a boof-ass scammer website. They have everything in seed form somehow. And I, like, so... They're probably not legit genetics, but it's somewhat decent. Like the, the one that he gave to me is Pineapple Express. Pretty good. I like that one. And then he, uh, the one he brought me today wasn't labeled, but it's pretty decent flower. He grows outdoor in a greenhouse too. This is last year's harvest. Huh. And he brought me some dab too. This is some BHO he makes. Do you do anything on the extract? Do you do hash? Or I've been making hash since I was 13. I got some dry sift screens I'm going to get to making with. Uh, I just really haven't had a lot of material. So, like, I've been growing such small plants. Now, I'm going to have some big old, like, QP half-pound plants. So, I'll have a bunch of trim, and I'm going to make uh, – I'm going to use some small buds, make some dry sift. Uh, I'm going to look into getting maybe a bubble bag or something. Uh, I love bubble hash. And really, though, the dry sift, I've uh, – just with my trim bin, I've been, like – what I'll do is I'll take some really good sweet leaf and I'll put the trim bin and all sweet leaf all the, in the freezer for like 24 hours. So the screen is really cold and then I'll get it out and I'll just lightly shake it back and forth like this very lightly. So it doesn't disturb it very much. And because it's so cold and the screen is cold and I got this idea from, I think my cousin was telling me something about the way they extract rosin and shit. They're keeping their, they're trying to like refrigerate their screens throughout the process. And that's important. And cold always helps. And so uh, I would do that and get in a cold, man, I'd get some great shit that would fall through. And I, I was turn, I was making shoe hash. And so I'd just roll it up in a bag and stick it in the bottom of my shoe and walk around on it for a day. And then uh, I did that the first couple of times. And after that, though, dude, I could take it and just go like this in my hand. And it would get black, good, gooey, nice hash. It would bubble every time I smoked it. Tasted like good black hippie hash. You could smoke it on a pin. Like, like it was really good. Uh, the shoe hash was a little better though because it, it got so compressed it made it really fucking hard it was just bomb but yeah I, I, I love concentrates i like rosin but uh i like solvents i've made a lot of i've made a lot of dab with alcohol in my life when i i did that in utah allegedly a lot like uh I, it, when i was doing it too i was hearing about people blowing their places up with bho i didn't want to fuck with bho in an indoor setting i didn't have a safe place to do it allegedly so i uh I was just using alcohol because it's a lot, it's a lot easier to control the vapor and not have an explosion and shit. And if, if you haven't, uh, if something happens with the alcohol, it's a fire, not an explosion. So 
But I made a lot of alcohol or a lot of alcohol dab. Made some really good shit too. I've made BHO as well. Uh, made rosin. Made bubble hash. I made bubble hash with like the bubble bags and uh, dry ice before too. It didn't really come out too well though. Yeah, that one's kind of different. It's like... Yeah, but we did that once and we didn't like how it came out. It was, it, I think it was looking back now, like plant material and stock and just so much shit was getting so cold and brittle that it would break and come through. Yeah, you definitely got to watch like how, I don't know, like how much you shake it and like you just don't want to keep just shaking it because like shit's coming out or whatever. It's kind of, you want to watch that, like what color is coming out. <laughs> that was what i remembered about it so what do you uh what process do you do for dry sift like how are you how are you gonna go about that i have a couple of silk screens with like a wooden frame uh, okay 158 lpi lines per inch so i believe that's what they are if so i wanted to set up myself to do some dry sift what would i go seek out for silk screen is that I honestly don't know. My buddy gave these to me and I've kind of been looking into it. And after just sifting that hash with the trim bin, it has a 150 micron screen. And man, the stuff I was getting through there is so good. And like, I like, I like really like, uh, you know, rosin and BHO pure concentrates like that. But I, I personally would much rather have a ball of like, like a temple ball. So like black gooey scissor hash or bubble hash or something along those lines. Uh, That's, that's my kind of hash. Uh, I'd rather have stuff like that. What What do you like about that better? I don't know. It might be the the nostalgia of it. I, like I remember when my grandma and my uncle smoked this hash with me the first time, and they showed me about it, and they showed me how to smoke it on a pin, and they're like, "This is how they used to do it back in the days. How the hippies used to smoke hash on a pin." And I've always thought that was like so cool. So there's kind of a that aspect to it, but I just really like the flavor of it. Um, I really don't. Rosin is a little different, but I, I, don't know, I feel like BHO, most of it's like a crack high. You'll smoke it and it'll be real intense for like five, 10 minutes, but it does not have the long lasting medicating effect that I like. And like really good made dry sift or fucking water hash has that effect. Like, and I don't, like, I've seen some stuff that's tested and shit and it'll be like around 50%, 55% flow is the forties. And I don't think it's all about the THC. I think there's way more going on there than that. And that's, I want that full spectrum cannabinoid, maybe even a little bit of plant material for the flavor or something. But like, I, I love the taste of it. I like the, the effect. It's way more medicating. It lasts longer. And yeah, like dabs never have helped me sleep in my life. If anything, they keep me up. But like good, good fucking ice water hash will put my ass to bed. Thank you. Yeah, the hash usually will hit me pretty hard, too. A lot of it, uh, yeah, some of the newer, like, the rosin stuff where they run them through the presses and all that, and it comes out all, they're, they're nice. I, I just, it's just not my, ever been my thing, like, the whole, uh, I don't know, that, that whole scene just never was in, like, I always smoked joints and blunts yeah. and holes and all that like we never really got into hash at all it was always flowers we you know but it's I interesting like them. certain people yeah like certain people had the hookup back in the day, like whatever they knew what was up and other people other countries like that was all they could get like you know what i mean so it was kind of i don't know i guess it just matters on how you came up with it yeah yeah i think it really I just want to jump in a little bit on that <laughs> 
Yeah, for that sure. scissor hash a little bit. I think that for me, that's the best extract just simply because it's the best representation of the flower in itself in an extract form. Anything else, there's lot there's loss along the way. So scissor hash has almost as close to the terpene profile as you get. So like I said, there's nothing lost in the process, just a nice, beautiful representation of the flower in an extract form. That's what I wrote about the scissor hash. I agree with that. That's all I wanted to say. No, I've never met anyone else. I'm glad you said that. I've really never met anyone else besides my cousin that's like agreed with me on that. And like, I don't think he likes scissor hash as much as I do though. Like it's always been my favorite really good scissor hash i will take that over any other kind of hash i love it and it was because of that because when we were trimming like when we had the like the mendo purpose bag seed and we had um like that ganja goo that i was talking about earlier like whatever cultivar it was we were growing the scissor hash from that would be like that cultivar like you say it was a great representation of it and it was just fucking awesome the high was like a good representation of the high too just like more intensified and I like I really like that about it. That's why I don't I don't ever call it trim gel, man. I see people joking about trim gel, but I look forward to trimming like every time I got a trim up of it. It's never gotten old for me. Yeah, no shit. I wish you looked closer to me. That would be fucking Yeah, everyone says it. My grandma <laughs> and my uncle, man, they miss having me around. Their weed doesn't get the jar nearly as quick as it did is when I lived with them. <laughs> I was like I loved because I dude I would get to trim the most beautiful awesome bud and we'd make edibles all the time and just like I loved it it was like paradise living with them for a while I love trimming it's never ever gotten old like I can sit and just trim and chief and like listen to some podcasts like this all day and just fucking chill yeah I I don't mind trimming it's it's usually though when I when you're trimming and you have like other all this other shit going on like and you have deadlines and like that kind of stress i don't like you know what i'm saying to where it's like oh yeah I gotta, I gotta fucking get it done really fast and then i don't really like that if i can just sit like you say sit and chill and just kind of do it at my pace and if you, you know, fuck I'm, up too like when you have a fu- if you fuck up it's not a good harvest you know like i've had a couple plants that weren't as good as they should have been in it like i still enjoy trimming and stuff and we needed some flour but it's not as good like and i could imagine like if you just had a horrible mess up it would probably suck to trim some weed that you're just not happy with you know that that would probably be shitty that would be trim jail but there is it is a really good day or weekend or hopefully soon weeks of trimming when when i harvest i look forward to it <laughs> that's why i got bigger plants i i took i sacrificed and i took a dry spell and I didn't even know the neighbor would be cool and hook me up with weed. And the, the universe just worked together synergistically for that all to happen. But I took a dry spell so that I could uh, veg these plants out and get them big because I don't want to grow little plants. Took the time to train them all and get them huge. I like it, man. No, you got them looking nice. So you're you're a few weeks out then if those are only like you just flipped. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's always a tough, tough in between, like harvest or whatever. Tough time. Yeah, it's all right though. Makes me look forward to it and appreciate it more. The tolerance breaks are nice. Like his weed's good, but my weed is a little better though too. So like last time, this like I was buying weed or whatever. Like 
it was kind of a tolerance break in and of itself. Once I started smoking some fucking real dank weeks, my last time, like I harvested and then my uncle brought me, but right after too. And then, it, Oh, that was excellent. I had like bomb ass weed for a while and I just got so loaded. So what one was it? Oh, he brought me purple punch, Primus, sour diesel and girl scout cookies. He has the forum cut. He's had it for a little over a decade. Nice. I, I don't know, man. I've had some samples of that, but I really, I never felt like I had the real, Forum. you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. The stuff I had wasn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it in a legend category. I don't know if it is the Forum from talking with Toad. I think it is. It's gas. When he grows it out right, it's fucking all gas, man. It's nice. And it's these little buds and they're frostier than hell. And it's good ass weed, but it doesn't get super purple. And that's talking with him what i remember is like the thin mint will get is the one that gets real deep deep and purple and shit and the, the form will throw a little hues of purple and won't get as purple it's supposed to kind of supposed to be more potent i've had the thin mint too it was it, that i remember it was sold to me as thin mint and it was way more purple and it was good it had a different flavor didn't have the gas that the one my uncle grows is and i imagine it probably is the forum too because that got the name the forum i believe because it's passed out through the forums so much and I don't know who we were exactly getting the clone. Well, like we were getting it from the neighbor that I was talking about, but he was getting it from one of his buddies. I think that dude was pretty well connected. I think he was on the forums just from the cuts he was getting and shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to get back in touch with them, but I guess they don't talk to that guy. The, the politics of the last four years came between that friendship of the neighbor and my uncle and, the, and my grandma. So they don't speak to him anymore, <laughs> but I wanted to get in touch with him to find out about the, fucking like who like if his homie was getting cuts and like what the sour diesel was specifically because this fucking sour diesel's bomb man i like it that's cool how you like the purple punch like what are you i love the purple punch dude that was another one that like people hate on but like man my uncle grew that i smoke a lot of potent weed it's like i am by far not like a lightweight by any means that shit got me stoned and it got me good and stoned and he took it longer too. And that like, he called me up and he's like, dude, this purple punch is fucking killer. Cause I helped him get it from my cousin. And I was like, yeah. And he, he sent me pictures. I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's on day 40, uh, day 46 or 47 right now. It's like, holy fuck. He's like, yeah, it looks almost done. Like I could probably take it at like, I could probably take it at uh, seven weeks. I was like, don't. And I called my cousin uh, after that my cousin. It's like, dude, t- call him back. Tell him to not harvest it uh like make sure he takes it past eight weeks like i would go at least 60 days i think he took it 62 he might have done a whole nine weeks and my cousin told him that he's like you like it'll look like it's done it'll even have like some some decently milky trichomes but you need to take it longer or else it's not gonna be very it's not gonna have punch to it. it's not gonna be good and he took it longer like my cousin told him and man that's that was some of the best smoke that i've had from him in a while honestly like that shit was fucking good and he has the gorilla glue one i'm gonna hopefully be getting him the gorilla glue four he got the gorilla glue one uh, he wanted the four he ended up settling for the one because that was all he could get at the time this was also like he got that nine years ago a little after the sour diesel but yeah that's uh that one that i got from him too that was some damn good weed that was the other one yeah, yeah, that purple punch was really good. I liked it. It's funny you mentioned the Gorilla Glue one. I had never heard of that, and then I actually, like, I got a, a dome full of cuts handed to me that was like take it or leave it kind of thing. I don't know, but they were like, here, want them, have them or not? But so I had some in there, and there was a, a 
a Gorilla Glue number one in there, but it was like, I don't know. Yields probably one of the worst dope. plants I've ever had grow. It just sucked, man. It was. Oh, really? It, the one I had, I'm not saying it was real or anything. It just, yeah, the buds were real airy, funky. It was nothing like the GG4. At yeah, all. I don't know if that, that sounds weird. That's nothing like. I mean, he does with that can of two, like his sour diesel, sometimes when he hits it real heavy and on point, like the buds don't come out with the full expression that that sour diesel really would. They'll have the swollen look to them, you know, from synthetics and pushing it and uh, fucking gets that indoor hydro look to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So like it doesn't, but sometimes it does. And he, that's what, he doesn't like it as much when it's looser and not as dense, but I think that's from seeing all the other sour diesel grown like outdoors and other people who are just like saying, this is how it's supposed to look when his looks like that. That's when he's not too happy with it when it's all loose. But yeah. And you're right though. That could have been totally something I did on whatever. Yeah. So long ago. Well, it could have been not just, it might not have been the actual Gorilla Glue. His Gorilla Glue is like one of, he's kept it around just for because he didn't want the number. He wanted number four because he'd been like hearing about it. He, he smoked the flower, wanted it. It was real potent. But he settled for it because it was it's one of the best yielding plants he has. Like that book puts out weight, puts out dense, nice nugs, and it's just stinky as fuck, dude. It's, it's nasty. It is it is loud as hell. It's it's really good bud. But yeah, I don't know. That's why I said maybe it, I don't know. It could maybe just had some issues or it's all kinds of shit that can factor into that. But yeah, no doubt we uh. Yeah, it carries like a nice lime green look to it too. There's, that's something that I've I think might kind of come trending back or whatever. It seems like everybody wants these like colors to them and 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 whatnot. But like I don't know, there was always in this like a I don't know that was always the goal was to have that fucking neon green bud, right? Like I don't, I don't know. Talk back with in like photo like photosynthesis like the so the purples they like the fucking anthocyanins can photosynthesize basically but it's not nearly as efficient as chlorophyll and from talking with him i don't want to quote him but this is what i gathered is like because a lot of purples don't have the power and i've noticed that too most purple like the most potent smoke i've had was not a purple like the five most potent smokes i've had weren't purples and there is some good potent purples out there. And when there is a really potent one, they usually will stand out, you know, and get real fucking popular and people love it. But, and I, and the possibility for that could be because of the purple, because it's less efficient at photosynthesizing that could contribute to it. But I don't know about that though. Cause some, there's some purple plants that get like so damn frosty and exhibit like such crazy, like vigor. And they, they just, they look like they're photosynthesizing at a rapid rate, you know, but. That's something I'm interested in. I always loved purples too. I was a sucker for purples, but they're thinking about it and really look like they aren't they aren't quite as potent. Yeah, the the purple coloring, they're still photosynthesizing. It's not yeah. um it's not necessarily the anthocyanin that's doing that. It's just yeah. the, the pigment of that anthocyanin is the dominant of what you see with your eyes. So it's kind okay. of so there's like less chlorophyll then. That's how it's working. I don't know. I think it's pretty much, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I guess that from my experience, they do tend to want less light or whatever. They're not like big light hogs or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. But that, that was kind of my understanding of it is it's not like there's, you know, 
one or the other based on what you see it's just you know as that you might have the chlorophyll at a level and as the as that anthocyanin grows that that becomes more the pigment you see or whatever yeah you know what i mean but i don't know i mean like when they fade though like the fading is kind of like in the fall that's all your chlorophyll disappearing and whatnot so i don't know i guess there's maybe there's different reasons why you see that but it's like that pigment being exposed or whatever yeah i love colorful plants so like i that is something that like i i love seeing that fade uh it's cool like with i never saw that much with canna either you know we would harvest a lot of plants when they still were pretty green the the sour diesel would fade and my uncle kind of never liked it but i've heard that that kind of does that and it's learning what i've learned now like that's good you want them to take the that you want them to translocate those fucking that carbon and those sugars from the leaves into the buds and so like seeing that though it's beautiful the testers i ran just recently i had one i called it the red the it was the backpack number one i called it the red the red one so it just had this beautiful like beautiful wine deep red fade i got some pictures of them on ig too but it was gorgeous man beautiful red fan leaves and like the other ones had these beautiful pinks and purples and i just i love seeing that colors or those colors uh, I grew up going horseback riding in the mountains in Utah, like way deep up in the mountains and going in the, in the fall, autumn time. It was, it was gorgeous seeing all the different colors in the mountains up there. It's really cool having that necro room indoors. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoy seeing it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're really pretty. I agree. But like, I don't know, some of the purples can like dry out and like look real black in the in the cured form. They, they change a little bit, but it, yeah. But what I was talking about is like it seems like there's like that whole trend of like, uh, you know, it, like if you run the room cold or whatever and like you get a little bit of the, that more purple hue out of them than you would have normally. You can get a different kind of look to it and it seems like that yeah i don't know that was kind of a trend i was seeing is that, that people were more attracted to something that had multiple colors to the bud you know yeah yeah i think there's something there just like by like by nature not just people either like colorful things or they just attract attention you know shiny colorful stuff it's just catches your eye yeah Got that bag appeal <laughs> I've never really been drawn to like, like I said, when they look black like that, like the real dark purple ones, that them have never really seemed attractive to me. And I don't know why, but it's just maybe it's in my head. I don't want the fucking dark weed like that. I don't know. But yeah. It just seems, it, it, I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't me. That was a lot of people seem to have that effect on it. Almost, it just looks wrong. I don't know. There's something about it. I never you liked the brown, yellow weed. I, I've had, like, I had this but i got like a quarter pound of it once and i was just like man I, people liked it too it's really potent it's just so ugly it like had this yell look like it was sun like someone cured in the sun or something it's really it's pretty frosty but it had that brown yellow look to it like i just i don't i don't know that looks weird to me i've seen some bud that can pull it off though that has like that yellowish kind of tint to it but this shit is brown it was good bud too it's weird but yeah, I've seen weed that's so dark, it's black, and it doesn't look quite as appealing. It's, it's weird looking. It interests me, though. I've, I've had some GDP that was so damn purple. It was, like, black all the way through, and it was, it looked, it was coated in trichomes, though, so it was, like, white. You crack it open, and it's just purple, black. It's really good. 
want to see blue weed though, like some blue leaves. I've seen pictures of some uh, someone was posting like, like baby blue. Like it was, it was like a dark. That would be cool, but this was like a dark blue. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like so dark blue, like midnight blue. Mid yeah, midnight blue is a really good way to describe it. If you've ever seen a midnight blue, like a really dark, almost black, but you can still see that it's blue. Like not a dark blue to where it looks purplish either but like you can clearly tell it's blue and it looked it, these leaves I like i don't think it was edited i think it was the uh erasing guy on instagram a lot of i think a lot of people follow me post pictures of like land race stuff all over like afghanistan and like the middle east and shit and uh post some interesting stuff and it, it it's like out in the wild looking too it looks pretty cool but these uh the, this one plant i can't remember which one it was i think it was like a kandahar or something I don't want to quote that. It was blue, man. It looked really trippy. It almost looked edited at first, but pretty trippy looking. Yeah, I would suspect that at first myself. It, yeah, it, it looks kind of natural, though. <laughs> Somebody was just telling me about a video they just seen, too, where there's, like, this most beautiful bud. And then it was, like, a little clip of this guy, like, spray painting the shit. Like, Oh, God. Yeah, dude. It was, like, it was like the nastiest looking bud, and then he just started like airbrushing and spray painting it. And when, by the time he was done, he like spritzed like water on it and shit, and it looked all fucking super frosty and colorful or whatever. It's like I don't know. So some of that you kind of like I don't know. Like it's yeah, imaginary or whatever. I'm interested in growing some of the uglier plants, though, like the hazes. And I want to grow an NL5 haze really bad. So um, just because I've heard like that, I've heard of the effect that some of them will give off, man. That's really what I'm more interested in. I love the pretty plants, but I think that, I don't know, not like some of the most beautiful, frosty looking plants don't always have a good effect. And I'm interested in that. And I've heard that, too, that some of the older shit that doesn't look very good can some of the most potent smoke there is people say the chem 91 is kind of like not very not a very pretty plant i think it's gorgeous but like I've, the only pictures i've seen of it are the ones on the internet so maybe only people are taking pictures of it when they get a good one but i've heard that from a few people anyway dude the chem i got a friend that has a chem 91 and it's a old old cut of it or whatever but his comes out absolutely gorgeous. Like you were talking where the leaves have like the multi-colors to them. And, but his has like a purple hue to it with like that that tiger striping or whatever to him. It's gorgeous, man. It's like, and it's so frosty. It's like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Some of them strains do, man. They There's a reason why they're a legend. You know what I'm saying? Like they just get so frosty. It's like, no, I don't know how you beat that, but then you hear about people getting 40% THC and shit now, so, like, I don't know, whatever. And I don't think, that doesn't appeal to me at all. Like, that just does not appeal to, like, nothing about a THC. I'm, I'm curious about a THC number just to know, just for, like, the, the you know, to know, like, what it is for the data, but really, I, I don't think it's THC that's the main driving factor of what's going to affect and medicate me, like, so I've smoked some shit that's supposed like 35, 36%. And anything after like 27, 28, I haven't seen anything greater. I remember when the Bruce Banner was going around that Bruce Banner number three, which I'm super excited to flower out. Uh, we got that in Montana. 
haven't had it since then either. Oh my God, that, that was potent. That stuck with me. Like as some of the most potent weed I've ever smoked in my life. And that was supposed to be like, that was the, sh the banner we had was tested at like 27%. I believe it was like 26.9. It was one of the highest testing strains ever at high times at that point. And it, it was like, it was the shit when it came out. I remember that. And uh, yeah, that shit was potent. Kept you high for a couple of hours. How I remember it. I, I was younger and it could have been because I was younger. That's something I've wondered about, but I've come across some good shit like that. Uh, that space gear would keep me pretty high for a good hour or two. And that, uh, that spirit train, that's a really, it's not a super potent, like sedative high. It doesn't give you energy either. It's just really euphoric and real kind of just trippy, Oh, not quite psychedelic, but just makes you real happy and puts you in a good mood. Amazing daytime smoke. And it'll keep you high for a few hours. Like you smoke that shit and you'll feel that euphoria and just so everything's a little bit brighter, you know, and more distinct, has a sharper edge to it. I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're just like, you know, you're, you're fucking stoned and you're just really euphoric. You can see the euphoria almost. Yeah, it gets you stoned like that and it lasts for a few hours from a good joint, you know, I like that. And so I, like I, even at my age now with my tolerance i still come across stuff that gives me that effect that lasts that long so but yeah at your age you're like what well, like as long as i've been smoking now like i started smoking oh, okay. i've been smoking for 10 years so like okay. so you say it like you're old man or some shit like yeah sure. well, i didn't mean it like that but like people <laughs> say, i've heard people say you know like people are chasing a high they had when they started smoking that you're just never going to get and and I thought about that before too. Like, I wonder if the only reason I would stay high for three to four hours is because I was 13, 14 years old smoking really dank weed. But I've had, it's more rare now. And that's why I want to get some of these older stuff cuts. I think a lot of the newer stuff's been bred for like to look really pretty through a jar and test really high. And I don't think it's really getting a smoke test. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely got to be the, the effect has to be the number one. Mm -hmm number one and that that i think is gonna come around too oh, in, yeah. in the market like i don't know just like if you think of it like like a lot of the newer states or a lot of these people anybody any of the states really have new new smokers coming on every day you know what i'm saying there's people turning 21 there's whatever you know you can breed but, your own now like it's 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 uh yeah, but I mean, like until you know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? And that's like where your where your palate starts to expand a little bit, and you start trying different things, and then that's when you start experiencing. You know what I mean? Like, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, I feel that like I that's what I want to do, man. I want to take the genetics I'm interested in, you know, and find some some like pollen donors essentially from some lines I'm interested in. So I got like the 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 genealogy that I want to, you know, smoke. And then just like I was saying, the population increase, make some hybrids and then just spend my time growing out my own seeds, you know, as many as I can at a time and like look through a bunch of them and, and just really keep the ones that are potent as fuck. Like give everything a smoke test. And I just want to go for potency and just the stuff I like is potent and said to be potent. If it's something I haven't tried, if it isn't potent, I'll let it go. But I want potent ass smoke. I want to make crosses with it and try to take my time and just have some really bomb ass weed for myself. <laughs> yeah. And give it to friends and shit too, of course. No, no doubt. That's cool. No, I, I, I kind of run into that where it's like certain amount of 
I don't know. There's a certain number of you can keep in a library, you know what I'm saying? So at a certain point to bring new ones in, you got to cut some of them. It's like kind of where that, that decision starts to get hard. But if you're like growing them out and selecting for them, then you kind of be like, Oh, that one can go, you know, that one's fine. Yeah. It's when I'm grateful I can get a medical card. Like I don't want to have like a whole shit, like 200 plants. That's just, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like I don't, I, that's just a lot. I don't, and I don't need to do that, but like, I'd like to be able to pop like a bunch of seeds, you know, like if I could pop like a whole tray of seeds and, you know, like, uh, you know, like weed them down and like, uh, you know, cull them out as I'm going before I even get to flower. Like if there's any that just look like shit, but at the same time, I'd like to be able to flower everything out and smoke test it. Like you're saying, cause it might be the shitty growing ones that are really good, you know? So it's, it's something I'm curious about. If I could take my time, I can just rotate, you know, pop 10 seeds, grow them all out, see if they're worth the hell and, something like that there's a lot of people that pull for that underdog the the slow the slow to veg one or whatever the the runt of the mix and like i don't know that uh yeah i think that's sour nasty man that's that thing veg is kind of slow it grows really well it's a strong plant uh praise for it's a happy plant but like it it doesn't stretch much it just doesn't grow super fast but damn it's really good weed and it stacks fat buds yeah, that's what's your prefer preference on like butt structure? Do you have one or you don't really care? Or? I used to always like really dense ass hydro looking nugs because that's what I had thought was the shit because the best read I'd ever had in my life was what we were growing at the time. But I don't know the more butt I got to experience buying outdoors in California, I loved the butt I would get when I went to, like allegedly went to Humboldt in Southern Oregon and and it had like this more, this look that I've, from talking to people and hearing more, get more experience. It's what I think is like more natural, like how it's going to actually express without being pumped with like PGRs. It's pumped heavy, full of nutrients to, to just pack on mass when it's growing how it wants. Like, I think that's beautiful. I think like, like the way a sour diesel looks outdoor, it'll, it's, and, and even indoor when it's in like a no-till bed, I've seen some, and it's like a looser, like my, my spirit train will do that. It's not a very dense flower. It'd be a great hash plant. I feel like that surface area of a looser flower is good for making hash, but I don't know. I used to like the dense nugs, but now it's, I'm kind of in between. I just, I don't know if I have a favorite preferred structure. I like the, I like the Christmas tree nugs where they're not like too dense, but you know, it's pretty dense and they just kind of grow up to a point, not like super foxtail, but, but at the same time though, the ones that'll foxtail, like that foxtailing can look really cool and unique. So, I don't know. It's uh, I like them all. <laughs> That's why no, I have so many moms. <laughs> the problem I have with the foxtaily ones is they just don't hold together well. So, like when you're trying to cure it out or like try, you know, move it from whatever, this shit just falls. Trying to cure a bud with that like finger hook and keep it. My uncle's done it before, and it's really cool when they're dry and you can look at one. The the ganja goo was like that. It would stack these foxtails that were just crazy man they were like an inch long like round calyx is just stacked it's crazy yeah i don't like that at all when it's got like that crowny fingery look to the bud like it's one of the everlasting gobstoppers or something. they don't yield as well either seems like like that ganja didn't yield for shit but that was really really good weed man like holy shit i wish we could still have that <laughs> 
Yeah, I was kind of torn on that. Like uh, the Jack Skellington was kind of that way. There was one that had a little I, more of my preference of a bud structure. It was kind of more of that pine coney shape, I guess. And then the one I ended up selecting was based on effect and in this in the you know terpene profile, but it was like not the best bud structure. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I don't know. It's kind of that's always the balance. It seems like you you see different things out of it and each one that you like you know what i mean you're like ah, i like this one for this and that one for that can't keep them all though it's all yeah i like your enthusiasm on it though man i i remember the day when i was like i'm gonna have every strain i know i want to we'll see <laughs> i'll probably i'll cut i'll have to come to that point at some point where like i'm gonna have to let something go i've already had to let right you're go. already cringing about it too like i've already found things i like more than shit i already had and that that stuff's gone so yeah it'll, i'm sure it'll happen yeah, that's, that's what that's well, like if i can make seed like hybrids i'll make make stuff in seed form <laughs> i got like a hybrid of it too it'd be a little easier for me to let something go i want to get in i want to do s1s of things also i'm gonna get in some sts from my cousin he's sending me the two vials so i can just mix it myself and have it all ready to go and it's gonna help me with it i got a couple plants in mind i'm already planning on reversing I want to do really bad. I want to make S1s with them and make some feminized hybrids with them also. I think it'd be really cool. I think the S1 would be awesome. Just doing an S1, it's like making an F2. You'll see the ancestral, you know, like the parents and the grandparents and shit in the, in the offspring. And so that's a really good way. Like if you have something that you have it because you really like the, the parents of it, you could try to do that to see the parents come up and, you know, see their traits. I don't know if you'll see them exactly, but, and that's what I've heard, you know, and, and I'm really intrigued by that. I've been following uh, CSI Humboldt and he'll, he'll do his, he'll like sift a hundred of his own S1s that he does. And it's really cool. Like seeing all the expressions. Cause you're just only using that gene pool. And from what it seems like to me, you're just reshuffling those same genes. And so like there's all the possibilities that are in there. It's, I think that's pretty interesting. It'd be fun to do. Yeah, like I always like Mr. Soul's explanation, or he's the one I've heard say it anyway, was about the like different colored marbles, you know, if you think of it like that. And there's, you know, his traits being different colored marbles. And if there's whatever, eight of them from dad and eight of them from mom, or however you did the pollen, you know what I'm saying? So now it's the same eight if you S1 it, then yeah, you're more than likely going to get, you know, the combinations or whatever. Or if there's a dominant trait, it's more than likely going to be in all of them. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the shortcut I think that there is for some of that is like the S1. But I don't play around with any of that. It's weird. I don't know. I, I messed with it once. <laughs> I didn't have much luck. And like, I just, I don't know. I might visit yeah, it'll be, or something. It'll be a project. My cousin just reversed that Primus and he's had some success with it. So. Made some hybrids, I believe the S1 did also. He said he'll help me kind of walk me through it and stuff too. So yeah, I always got I kind of I guess I got ingrained by the old heads with like never buy fans and you know what I'm saying. There was like that whole and I'm not saying I'm on that line at all, but it maybe it just sank in subliminally to me or whatever. Yeah. But I've always just shied away from some of that stuff and like it's just I don't know, like that makes sense. Like you never never set an interest into it like just because you you don't like dislike it anymore doesn't mean you're going to necessarily pick up uh, an interest in it per se yeah. 
and I think a lot of the work now is different than what it maybe used to be when some of them some of them were you know like back in the day that was kind of a you know a firm or whatever if you had a whole thumb one right like, yeah like that diesel man the, and the sour diesel those are made from from uh supposedly made from like something herbin and people taking i think they were either they either took the pollen they like purposely let that herm pollinate or they just took the seeds from it but there has been like the dog walker i listened to the interview of the guy that made the dog walker and in the process of making that he had a plant herm and he took the, st the staminate flower with the pollen and he refrigerated it and he like he saved pollen from an accidental herm and used that later and so like there's there's amazing like cuts out there that come from complete accidents and people even just use an accidental pollen on purpose but yeah no no doubt it's i mean it, that's just it i think we always kind of have these like hard and fast rules or whatever that we think we've formed but like yeah like some of that's just i don't know the the variety in nature is and what's out there is like you know got surprises for us all the time i think like we were saying like the population running the populations out is where really like you start to see all kind of what's coming out you know i'm interested in that too like really i've just i've always ever i think part of it had to do like i always i don't know i kind of obsess about things i get really interested in anyway and then being exposed to so many different kinds of cannabis like i did early on and just like i don't know it was it was maybe that was the thing that i was able to just fixate on and like i was you know i was so I had that passion for it. I was really interested in cannabis and it was the, all the different strains, you know, it was, that was something I could quantify that I could fixate on and like look at and read about. Maybe that's why I got so obsessed with the genetics, but whatever it was, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, no I love it though. So you're going to try to like, is that going to eventually be a career or something like a career path? Like, do you have talked to a lot of people though and old timers and they've all warned me and told me, man, it's really hard to try to have a career. And they've seen a lot of people my age, like shoot for the stars and just fucking fail. And I don't want to fail. And so like, I'm not going to completely why, why just rely on cannabis, but I would love to like, that is my dream, man. I would love to have a career in cannabis, not, not, necessarily to make money but just so i could not have to do something else to make money so i could really just if i could make money from growing somehow that where i don't have to go out and also work up a nine to five that would be really nice because then i'm not splitting my time between spending time with my wife growing and going to work it's wife and growing and we can do that shit together and if we both don't have to work that's I mean, I, w I would like to be able to spend more time with my family, really, and, and just, and, and it would be nice. But yeah, that's that's what I'd like to do. A lot of people I tell that to, though, they, they warn me. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, there, there's always a lot of caution on to it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't let the fear of failure kind of hold you. Oh, no, never. I'm not, not at all. I'm very determined and I don't want to come off as stubborn or anything, but I'm very determined, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. That's what I, that has never changed from being what I wanted to do since I was, you know, 13. That's, and I've put thought into it and I've and I always knew in the back of my head that like, this is what I wanted to do. And I just needed to get out of Utah and quit fucking around. And thankfully, you know, I mean, me and my wife had split up for a short time and we got back together and said, let's get the hell out of here. And we, we made it happen. So I'm glad we finally did. I wish I would have done it sooner. You know, I just, I just turned 24 last month and 
people say I'm young, but man, I wish I would have done this a few years ago. I'd be a lot further than I am. <laughs> but I do want to go back to school, though. I would actually like to go. There's, uh, I think I could do something in agriculture. I wouldn't mind going to school for agriculture. Maybe having a job doing that on the side. So I do. It's man, it was so so fucking hard for me and my wife to like pack up everything we had and like leave. We don't have family here. We don't we don't know nobody here we're still the new people in town and we've been here for a year. Like that is so hard to do nowadays. We packed up everything we owned in my Jeep, took the dog and we bounced and we had a job and shit set up. And then that like, you know, I, I explained that earlier, man, it was, it was hard to do, but that in and of itself, not failing at that. And then like, by the time so I wasn't even thinking about growing weed while I was out here, I'm not even going to lie until we got this house. Well, like, I've worked and worked and worked because we left here with great hopes and dreams. And then that fucking all that shit went to shit at the ski resort. I did have a friend there, but like we weren't, you know, he was kind of a friend. He, he, the one who told me about the job, he wasn't going to like give me a place to stay or anything, not that kind of friend. But, uh, you know, it just proving to ourselves that we could do it once I busted my ass at that job. I was working literally like uh, putting 90 hours a week in at the peak of harvest and then the least I would work was like 60 hours a week because I was working every, I was working seven days a week every day. The only time I took off work was uh, when I had surgery on my mouth. So that, like every day I had to, to be to work to keep the sprinklers running because like the, the crops don't stop growing on Sundays. <laughs> so, and I didn't go to church, so they made me fucking do it. And so I, I literally, and I was, but it was fine, but I didn't get paid overtime either. Like I was working 90 hours a week at a stripped 12, 25 an hour for that whole 90 hours. If I was making overtime money, I, oh my God, we would, we would have been doing great. We were still doing good, but like, like once, once I did that for that long and then got this house, man, I was so proud of ourselves. And then I was able to relax a little bit and remember like, this is why I came here and wanted to leave and kind of happened. Oh, that's I forgot cool. the question. Congrats. I ramble. I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. I forgot the question too, I guess. But congrats, man. That's awesome. Like, uh, Thank you. Common adversity and all that. That's cool. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's hard to do that nowadays. My, my mom told me that, though, after we like got our house and shit. And my grandma, they, they, like my parents, they all told us, like, kid, it's hard shit to do nowadays. Like, like this told me, like, when they were younger, it was a little easier to do. But I, and I, I don't know. I can't contest to that. But I can't contest to how fucking hard it was to do today. <laughs> to get this house, I had, like, I was, there's no especially where I landed out here. I came here because it was the cheapest like housing through Airbnb. And we were literally like in my Jeep with the dog for a few, like for a few days. It sucked. We, we went camping, but so we landed here and then I got the job and to get this house. So it was hell, man. I had the money to like pay rent for a while. And I was, the guys started like jacking our rent up at where I was renting that room out and being a dick. And that, that dude was weird. I don't even need to get into that, but I was like, renting a room from a from a dude that made us all uncomfortable it's the shit situation but we stuck it out and to get this house i literally like the guy that lived here before was a, an asshole tweaker dude and he showed up at the place i was staying sleeping in the backyard in a tent i'm like what the fuck is this and and apparently they were they were friends and uh and then that's what like it, it, yeah and so that i realized there was a house in town that was vacant and i talked to that guy and he was like, yeah, he kicked me out because I wasn't paying rent. And he was like talking shit on my landlord, my, you know, my landlord now about how he kicked him out, but he wasn't paying rent. And, it, you know, it made sense. And so I was like, what's the guy's number? And I called and called and called and texted and no reply. 
And it was a dude at my bank. I was talking to him about it. And he was, he told me where the guy lived and it's a small town. So I literally went to this dude's house and it was like knocked on his door. And like, I tracked homie down to own this house and was like, Hey, I need a place to live. And this is on a Thursday, right? Like I need a place to live. I just gotten a loan because I was going to lift my Jeep and fucking and do some work on it. And I decided to not do that. Once I found out about this house, I held money for like a couple weeks. And I was like, look, I need, like, I want to rent that house. And he's like, well, I need to do work on it. The guy trashed it. And he did. Like, I, oh my God, I do so much work on this house. But he's like, guy trashed it. I was like, no, dude, you don't understand. Like, I'm paying more in rent for a little room in a basement than you're probably going to charge me for this house. Like, please. And he's like, well, I have a, I have a trailer, a three bedroom trailer, a block down the road from that. It's like, I don't want a trailer. I've lived in trailers my whole life. What? Because someone else was getting this house after he fixed it. And I outbid him, basically. I was like, I'll give you $100 more. I got first last month's and deposit and I'll give it to you right now. And he's like, really? It's like, yeah, but we're going to write, we just wrote up a simple little thing. You know what I mean? But like I fucking, I had to track dude down, but he did. He's like, all right, go get the keys from that dude. And I, and I didn't, the guy like, didn't want to give me the keys at first. He was, he didn't, he couldn't believe that I did that. He was kind of pissed that I went and got his, but I didn't give a fuck, dude. I needed a house. And I was so happy, but he per like, he let his dog, he, I swear he either locked the dog in here or just let it piss and shit everywhere. He had a dog that thankfully that dog is with other people that taking care of it now. But like, this dude was horrible, man. He like broke a bunch of shit in the house. He cut all the cords to the appliances. I had to get new washer and dryer and fridge. He sold the fridge for bag of dope. I found my fridge in another house. And, like it, it was, it was a whole shit show, but I got the house. I didn't give a shit, man. We were so happy. <laughs> like, my family, they brought us like a bunch of our stuff that we'd left behind, like for like stuff that we couldn't bring with us, you know. But it was cool. Yeah, yeah. That's funny though. Like, I don't get why people do that shit. But, um. I know, dude, the guy was bitching like we were gonna give him sympathy because he got kicked out for not paying rent. And like, and then I get here and he was the reason like he wasn't paying rent is because his mom moved out. And he, he was like, I moved, dude, I moved in here. I felt so bad. I, like, I kept trying to get a hold of his mom. And I finally just took the shit to the post office. But he, had, like, I'm guessing he stole it. But it, like, I got all of her credit cards and her, her driver's license, her social security card. Like, they're, like, some kids, social, like, a bunch of shit, like, fucking, that you should not have. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, so it was, it was just a bad, a, a bad person. But I took, I took that and, and I found this house. And my landlord was really grateful too. He's a really cool dude. He, he's, uh, he, yeah, he's a way cool dude. I like that guy. <laughs> he let me move into this place and then we, we got, uh, not super close, but he, I consider him a friend of mine. That's cool. That's good, man. So I don't know, man. I'm, uh, pretty stoned. Is there, uh, something I didn't cover or? No, I think we shit. It's you said something about horseback riding in Utah. Or, oh, I grew up with horses. Yeah, <laughs> you could go into that. That. So, uh, first time I rode a horse, I was three or four. Uh, my family bred Arabians. Um, my grandfather, on my like my mom's side, and um, I don't know if you guys have seen my cousin. He's been on the shows with me on FCP. His side of the family is like two different sides of the family but they were really close friends his grandpa and my grandpa they bred horses together like way back in the day and they were real close friends they tried to grow old mexi and tie weed up in the mountains in utah and could never get it to work because it wouldn't you know it wouldn't flower in time and shit 
and uh, but they, they bred Arabian horses. They had uh, Polish and Egyptian Arabians is what they would work with. So they kind of had their own bloodline going. Their horses are still prized today in Utah. There's people that still use their studs and shit. But uh, like my horse that I had came from a champion show horse. They didn't like we didn't partake in show horses. I always thought that was really weird. We rode horses like really crazy mountain trails and shit. And it was really fun. It was dangerous, though. People have died and we've had horses die. And I've seen some crazy shit riding horses. It was gnarly, but it was one of the most amazing experiences in my life. It taught me a lot, like helping my dad break horses really taught me a lot about like fucking strength and not being a pussy. You can't be a pussy around like an animal that big. It'll fucking kill you. If you're riding an animal like that and it knows that you're a pussy, it'll kill you. They're just, and Arabians especially, they're really proud animals. They're not like most other horses. They're not. They're most, every other horse I've had experience with was like way more tame than any Arabian. Arabians are just hot-blooded, very high-spirited animals, but they're beautiful, loving creatures. They're like a big, happy, loving puppy dog, man. They'll, they'll hug you. Like they'll, they'll, those fuckers will, I, I put this on everything. I put this all on, on my, my mom's like, I smoked a blunt with a horse. I like court, like I've seen dogs that like to get stoned, but I've seen a horse actually rip a blunt, like, like hit a blunt through its nose, like take, take in smoke and blow it out. Horses, horses are really extraordinary intelligent animals. I'm not joking. It's like cousin would corroborate this. I used to go over there and water the horses because I was staying at my girlfriend's house down the road, and so I was doing it for my dad, and I would water uh, my cousin, my grandpa's, or that. Uh, my cousin's grandpa's horses as well, because the pastor kept our horses at his house and they were, the pastures were next to each other. So I'd fill both of the 50 gallons up with water and he would come out, my, my cousin, and smoke a blunt with me. And it was, it was really cool because it was my grandpa's horse. After my grandpa passed away from cancer, uh, all of his horses went to my cousin, which is, you know, my, or my cousin's grandpa, because they're best friends. And it was my grandpa's horse and my grandpa had been passed away for several years. And it was his, like one of his favorite horses. It was Brit. And every time me and him were smoking a blunt, it would take like 30, 40 minutes to fill up 100 gallons of water. Up. Every time we're doing it, the horse is like reaching over the fence and shit. And they'll steal, they'll steal, uh, steal your beer bottles and shit and drink them. And grabby uh, little fuckers, man. So we were, we were high as shit laughing about it one day. Because every time, dude, it was an every time thing. And so we're laughing about it. And I put the blunt up to the horse like this, right? And it like put reaches in closer, tries to put the fuck its nose around it. Like, I swear to God, it's done it before. And it fucking, and so I pull it back a little bit and it just starts inhaling through its nose so hard. And they got such big fucking lungs, dude. Their lungs are the size of my, one lung's the size of my torso. So they can draw off that. Like I watch it pull through the blunt because it's not all the way in its nose. You know, I pull it back. I watch it pull the smoke in and me and him go silent. Our jaws drop and it fucking pulls in a cloud and then blows it out. Like it held it, it took it in all the way, held it for a second and blew it out. And we, I shit you not, dude, we put it in the rotation. We, and we did that a few times. We smoked a few blunts with that horse. Listen, and, that thing pulled it down to the roach, like one hit. Just... Dude, he, he, no, he ripped it, dude. Like it, he fucking ripped it. If it, I don't think it would have worked with the joints. That's what would have happened with the joint, dude. He would have fucking just sucked it, the whole thing. Like he ripped it. That's like awesome. big time it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen and we smoked a blunt with that horse a few times and like i said my grandpa had passed and my grandpa was one of the greatest 
like male figures I ever had in my life. I looked up to him. Shout out to my grandpa. He had a, an amazing impression on me and I, I loved him dearly, but he passed away when I was young and it was extremely, extremely hard on my family and me and like my, my grandma. And when I, it, was, it was so cool when I called my grandma and told her about that because uh, I asked her, I was like, grandma, did, did grandpa ever have any horses that smoked weed? And she's like, oh yeah, Grit would love to smoke weed. And I just, I just started dying laughing and I told her about it and like it, it, it almost, it, it almost made us cry because we were so happy, you know, it was just really cool. But That's funny. It, it was badass. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're really smart from what I know. I, I don't, really I didn't nice. have a ton of experience around it, but my girlfriend, uh, her mom like boards horses or whatever and, and all that, so they when we were there visiting we got to ride them and then be around and we had you know part of the daily chores and all that shit we were helping with so it was kind of neat i didn't have yeah it was it's kind of different getting up close and personal with them like that. And you don't like you say the power that they have like they um to the ones they raised were, uh frisian the frisian and they're not quite like they're a big horse though like they're they were like they're big horse too it was but yeah that's that riding that thing is like unreal when they take off and you just like the i don't know it's crazy the amount of power that them things have yeah it's i didn't get i didn't get to run like be on a horse when it ran full speed for probably a good seven years after the riding i, I don't think i was on a horse running until i was like 12 11 12 years old it's, that like that's uh they're, 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 they they need to be respected they're very powerful creatures arabians are smaller too but they're, they're just really powerful they're, they come from like the arabian Afghanistan type area middle east or high mountain desert horses so they can go long distances they're, they're, that's why we have we rode the mountains and uh, so it's it was cool one of the coolest things that happened man is like in the winter time when there's snow on the ground like your first winter ride they don't tell you and you're going up the hill and it's sketchy because you're like, oh, my God, they're going to slip. But they don't. But it's when you're coming back down that it's really sketchy because the horse is smart. They're not going to try to walk down that wet, steep ass hill. They're going to sit down and slide. And then they stand up at the bottom and the horse does that on its own. It's they don't they aren't trained to do that. That's what the horse wants to do. And they don't tell you tell the kids that. And it was something that, like, I guess has been done to everybody. But, for, but the first time a horse sits down and slides down a mountain when you're on the back of it, it's so fucking scary. You think you're going to die. <laughs> hey, hey, Eagle, you're off mute. I don't know if you realize that we're like getting a little feedback. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're I'm all slamming shit around. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said something sooner. I thought he was going to pop in and say something. But, they, um, yeah, we went on this. Uh, I took my girlfriend on, the, like, whatever, for a, a horseback ride up in northern Michigan. And uh, so there's there was, like, different levels to the ride, right? It was, like, beginner and moderate and then, like, expert. And I know she's an expert. She's been riding them all her life. Like, she used to barrel race and shit with them or whatever, you know? Oh, hell yeah. So I wanted her to have a good experience. <laughs> I had ridden a horse at that time. I'd ridden once, right? I went I went, rode, like, whatever, like, the beginner <laughs> one. But anyway, I, I ended up kind of lying on the – app and saying because they wanted to know you had experience to be the expert one because they're gonna go riding up steep hills and fast yeah you can die man really i've 
I've yeah. never seen anyone die on a horse, but I've uh, like, thankfully I wasn't there those days, man. It can be very dangerous. Yeah. I got way over my head for sure. Like, but I don't know. I, I held my own. I did all right. I wasn't the one that fell off the dude, our guide ended up falling off. Cause like, oh, like his horse, I don't know. They had different trails. They ran like they'd take you on different paths or whatever. And the horse apparently had a different route that it had just taken. And we were going on the other, the expert one or whatever. So yeah. And they'd get you up to like a, I don't know. I don't even think it was like considered a trot. It was more than just a whatever. It was like a gallop or whatever. It was kind of fast. I mean, whatever. But the fucking horse was going, dude, and it just bolted right, and the dude just kept going straight. It was like, boop. Yeah. Busted his ass. So I was proud of that. I didn't fall. There was a horse, like when I was when I was growing up. All the stories I was told. There was. Times where people have been thrown off the horse because they were being a drunk asshole and that horse just turned around and walked all the way home. And this was back in a time before, like when I was riding, the, this was on like the side of a major highway, Highway 89. And as soon as you cross that highway, you're going up the fucking mountain, like like a real mountain, dude, like the Rocky Mountains. And they lived like a mile away from, or a few miles away from that. So back then they could ride their horses all the way from their house to the mountain. And the horses knew that. And so the horse, like, there's multiple times people are too damn drunk, got thrown off a horse, that horse. Like, it's like they get pissed. I've, and I've witnessed that myself. I've seen someone drunk on a horse, and the horse is, like, pissed off that they're drunk, like, not doing what they're supposed to do. And the horse will, like, throw them and fucking try to leave them. It, horses are crazy, man. They are, uh, from what I looked Fuck into. you, man. Get off yeah, me. They're one of the, like, the, <laughs> if you exclude humans, they're the third smartest thing. The only two other animals that are smarter besides humans are primates and dolphins and that's uh that's what i've what i've always uh, been under the impression of that's what i've like looked into that's what i found but and i would believe it they're much smarter than dogs they're much smarter than cats they're but they're they're extremely compassionate as well they like uh, maybe even more so than dogs man they're, they're horses and they're so gentle i mean i grew up as a small kid three four five six seven eight years old with my cousins at the same age like hugging on horses and hanging from their necks at like four years old and by not supervised. No, like there was those, we were never, it was never a fear that those horses were going to hurt us. The ones that were trained and had been there 15, 20, 25 years, they live a long time, but yeah, they're, they're some of the most loving creatures ever like training them, breaking them, whatever you want to call it. It's, it, it can be real, real intense and shit though, but. And especially so you had to jump on them and they were like fuck you trying to buck you off and you know, kind of like really so training them it would be a multi-year process like when they're young you're taking them you're just leading them with the lead rope so we're not just riding them around a stable we're we're going up mountain trails and they were that back when they were younger they all used to go hunting and shit they would still go hunting i didn't do too much of the hunting as much i was really young didn't have my license or anything yet but uh they used to go do serious hunting and so they were training their horses to go do like mountain trails that most people wouldn't even want to do is it, it was scary there's times when i was a little kid when they were teaching me i i was i'm not gonna lie I, I was fucking scared i probably cried and was in fear for my life it was fucking scary there's times i've been on a horse looking down like a fucking five thousand foot drop yeah, and it, fuck it's, that. No dude, its hooves no are way. this close to the edge my dad leads no me up there that. i was i was like 13 when this happened my dad leads <laughs> me up there knowing that the horse ain't gonna walk off the horse ain't fucking stupid i don't know that dude i'm like oh my god like just it was so scary but then you actually realize that the horse is you're not driving a car 
and you can look down and it's like oh my god like it like that's real trust with that animal like that that like your fucking chest is just pounding you know like it, it was crazy that was an, an awesome experience to share with my dad and the, and the horses and they're, they're awesome animals they're brilliant we've had I, I know of people who have gotten a DUI on a horse and gone like gotten in trouble for it and I know people who've gotten charged with a DUI on a horse and beaten it because the horse you're not driving a horse the horse isn't drunk but right, exactly. in, in the yeah, instance right. where they didn't beat it there was a car they got hit by a car and that was like why like they probably deserved it the horse got you know the horse had to get put down like that was a foot they were drunk and that was stupid the other time it was just a cop being an asshole but like, horses yeah, really, my, my girlfriend had a, always told me about a horse she had that like whenever like they have they go through the woods they have like uh, the bells on them to like I don't know keeps the animals away or whatever. But one horse, if they ever saw if they'd see, come across the moose, that horse would just fucking kick her off and bolt home. Like fuck you, I'm out of here. Like moose are mean, dude. My dad grew up in Alaska, and he always told me he said I'd rather run into a fucking bear than a moose. Man, I don't know why, but he's moose are scary. I've... Yeah, they're big, big animal, dude. Huge. Seen, uh, we were driving and there was one so we did a lot of like uh, anywhere you go up there to see anything is fucking three four hour drive or whatever but but yeah the moose like mama moose just fucking walks up in the middle of the road stands there you know every all the cars are stopped we were like three four behind the one that stopped or whatever so she had been there but she just fucking looks at the traffic, dude. Like, yeah, you motherfuckers better stop. And just stood there in the middle of the road. This, this, uh, you can't even believe how big they are until you see them. It's like you can hear about it and all that, but it's like until you see them, it's like holy fucking shit, dude. Like that thing would look in the window of a semi truck. You know what I'm saying? Like it's they're like, massive. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of thing with a buffalo. You ever seen a buffalo up close? Oh yeah, yeah. They're fucking huge. When I was a kid, I got to ride an elephant at the circus once. That was really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. seen an elephant up close. Yeah. That, that, was, that was really cool. When I remember, though, when I was a kid, I honestly thought it was going to be a lot bigger than it was. I don't know if they had, like, a small elephant there that they were putting us on, but it was pretty cool. That's funny that you say that uh, you're not – like the horse ain't dumb it's not gonna walk off a cliff or whatever but like like back to like breaking the horses like i was happy that the horses weren't dumb and like they knew mm -hmm. i didn't know how to ride really so they're like i really felt like the horse was just knew what it was doing and kind of here i'll show you the way kind of thing yeah but like i couldn't imagine trying to be on one of those and like like the guys that fucking ride in the rodeo and shit like that like that just totally took on a whole new level of insanity to me that I never realized, you know, <laughs> until you're like, yeah. yeah, until you realize you're just a passenger on that thing. That if he wants you off, you're fucking probably not going to stand that, stay it's, on. And you know what I mean? It's humbling in that way. Like, and that's where, like, I don't know. I'm sure people train and break horses differently, you know, but like, like I was saying with our process, it would take years and it's not about just, like jumping on a horse and riding it it's about like showing them what we do what like 
taking them, leading them up the mountains, you know, once they get big enough and they can support enough weight, you're, you're making them a pack horse. You got to teach them to not throw a fucking pack. That's the first thing you have to teach them to carry a saddle and carry pack and, you know, and, and be trained around guns when they were still hunting. We could, you could, you could lay a fucking uh, rifle on the horse's ass. My grandpa's horse grit, the same one we smoked with, that was his hunting horse, man. He would lay his fucking, his two, what was it, 270, yeah, he hunted with a 270, he'd lay it right down on his ass, fucking shoot elk, man. Like, they, and that, wow. that's, that's trust. And so it's not just about jumping on a horse and showing it, fuck you, you can't, you can't kick me off. Sometimes right. it does come down to that, but like, it's more about like spending time with them, loving them, feeding them, feeding them, getting them healthy, feeding them grain, giving them apples and fucking like just letting the kids play with them and showing them that they're like a loved thing. And, and it's so much work. It's work, man. It really is like to really have a horse. If you're not just going to have it for show, like to train a horse to do the shit we did, like it took a lot of time. So that's, that's how I remember my family always doing it. And I remember my dad get, you know, they get rowdy. Like once you do first start jumping on him, like some I've heard some don't react like that always though. Like you can, you can, they can be real chill and they'll really let you and you, they'll be weird about it. And they, but I've heard some don't always throw you, but Arabians are extremely high spirit, spirited animals. Like I said, man, my dad's, and it's weird. What I noticed with horses was it was the females that were fucking crazy, not the males, like a mare. Uh, when they go in heat, especially they get like fired up. I'm not joking. I'm not being like sexist or anything. Like it's just true story. The female horses were fucking nuts, but my grandpa always, his favorite horse was his, his mares, his females, like Fashila and fucking Fable. And that like, they were crazy, but he, he said he enjoyed riding them so much more. Like they, he controlled, I don't know, but they were, they were just hot blooded fucking animals, man. If that makes sense, they're proud. They knew that they were 1100 pounds and could kill you, but they were, they, but like, they weren't like aggressive or anything, but they just, you wouldn't put a kid on them at all. That's a good way to put it. Like they, they didn't hurt nobody ever, but you would not put a kid on one of these horses, but right. they, my dad's horse would get out and shit. She would always break the fucking fence and like slip out somehow. And like one of the times he told me he was like the most proud of me. I was probably like nine or 10 years old and we were trying to catch her and he, she ran through one side of the barn cause he chased her and I was at the other door and she, I seen her come barreling at me, dude. And I picked up this like fucking 10 foot long two by six and was going to smack that horse in the fucking face with it. I just, I straight stood my ground at that horse running at me and I went to hit it and it stopped dead in its tracks. My dad came running around the corner and put a rope around it and fucking, he was, he was like, holy shit. I thought that horse was going to run you over. Like it was pretty, they're, they're, they, it can get pretty crazy, but it's really about earning their trust. Like, it's just like a dog, man. Like you don't want to beat a dog and just show it that you're tougher than it. Like, like if, if the fucker bites you, I like, I think you should bite it back. Like if my dog bit me, I'd bite him back. But like, it's, really? it's more about earning their trust, showing them that they're loved and fucking, you know, feeding them when you feed an animal when you're giving it its food regardless unless it's just an asshole it's probably gonna love you horses are a little different though dogs are like that horses horse it's not so much like a cat cats are real selfish i've seen cats that are kind of loving but the only cat that was like that was a cat that thought it was a dog and uh but dogs man they're the most loyal critters i've ever come across way more loyal like as far as people any animal do dogs are just like they would like they would do anything for the part like they're you know they're they're human they're just 
They're incredibly loyal critters and horses are really similar, but I feel like you have to do more to earn their trust. You can't just feed it and it's going to die for you. You, you kind of got to do a little more than that, if that makes sense. Yeah, That's no. how it's, it seemed in my experience. That's Super. one thing I want. I want to go back to Montana. I want horses really bad. <laughs> I would like to, we, I haven't had horses. We had to get rid of our horses. Uh, my family, you know, family got older. They moved out. My dad, we were, we were keeping our horses at a cousin's farm. And so don't have horses anymore. Sadly, haven't for a while, but that's something. I imagine I you could get horses around where you're at there in Colorado too. But I'm not going to do it till I know I have a place like for sure. And I, I could maybe have one here, but it's too hot, man. I'm, I plan on moving back to Montana eventually. There's cheaper property up there, cheap like cheap like here. It's pretty cheap out here too, but it's cooler up there. I hate the heat. It's absolutely ungodly hot here. And uh, I'd like to go to Montana where it's a little cooler and where I got some family. But having horses up there, there's actually mountains that I could go riding in and go hunting in. I'd like to use their poop for compost. Like uh, Horse manure is amazing for compost. I've heard a lot of great reviews about like people using it for growing cannabis and stuff too so, so oh. i'm interested so what do you hunt for like what like elk i'm gonna go get an elk i've never gotten elk before i've gone deer hunting but i i could have took a doe but i didn't want to shoot a female i wanted to get a buck my first time and so i've never got one <laughs> okay but uh I've, I've gone rabbit hunting a lot i've ate a few rabbits only cottontails i've killed like 15 rattlesnakes farming last year when I was working. But, really? Yeah. I've gone hunting a lot, but really I was just doing a lot of like tracking with people and the chances I've had to take shots at deer, I didn't want to do it because I wanted to get a nice buck. I want to get into bow hunting though, really. I think it's a lot more skill involved than that. I think it's shit would be a lot harder. Just sounds appealing to me. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm, I'm kind of on that same page. Like I really... I grew up around woods and there was a creek out behind our house. The, neighbor, yeah. the neighbors owned the property behind our two houses. Like we had like an acre basically and they had an acre, but then behind it, they had two acres where they had kept horses or whatever too. We didn't get to do much with them. They're their horses, but you know what I mean? We were always back there buying shit and like whatever, but. But yeah, like I, I just, I don't know. I enjoy nature, but I've never really gotten into hunting. Like I've never really, yeah. You know, what I mean, I've shot little rodents and stuff, but I've never really shot a deer or anything like that. Yeah, I've never taken down a big game. I've shot some bird. Uh, got a duck once, and, or or no, it's a goose. I'd almost a lot rather just take a picture of them or whatever i understand yeah no i really i don't i don't know if, if i do go i want to go hunt elk and deer because i that is my favorite meat it personally is elk i love i, I prefer game like yeah. i love elk meat it is excellent i even like moose i've heard a lot some people don't like moose it's a lot more gamey than elk even it's really fucking good though have you ever had moose i haven't no i've, I've you had a good chance like jerky form i've had the elk or whatever moose jerky is excellent too but if you get a chance for moose steak try it it's super good uh elk you say you've only had elk jerky you've never yeah. had elk, you never had an elk steak no oh, i highly recommend it. it's the best meat in my opinion it's, it's probably cleaner than any cattle meat that we can get it's for more reasons than just that too it's man it is so good elk just has this taste to it and game from different areas is different too. I never, 
I won't say that I didn't like it, but the, the mule deer in Utah tasted so much different than mule deer I've had from other places. I didn't, it was different. It had this weird tangy kind of, maybe that was it's deer. Maybe it's, I don't know, deer did have a, a different kind of gamey taste than the, the moose and the elk did, but I didn't like the, the mule deer too much from my home state in Utah, but like the white tail from, from Montana and the mule deer from Montana and elk from up there, excellent. And elk from Utah was excellent. I remember one of my oldest memories is my grandpa when he he was gutting an elk and he had brought the heart in. He brought an elk heart in. The sink was huge, dude. It's probably like two gallons. Put it in the sink. It was washing it off. But it was uh, elk is excellent. But I, I'm where you're at though. I don't like to. I don't know. When I was younger, I did want to shoot something like I wanted a trophy buck. You know, that's why I didn't shoot a doe. But I'm a little different on it now. I want to go hunting because I want the meat. And I would rather get my meat that way. It, it really, if I could too, like I would enjoy it more and I'd feel happier about where I got it from. It's, if I could use every part of that animal, I feel like that's, that's down to the most primitive basic ways of, of nature. And I feel good doing things like that. Yeah, no doubt. No, I, I actually, you brought up something you were saying how good elk was. And that reminded me, there was a guy when I was a mechanic and he would, he was a tool salesman, but it, every year he would go out west and uh, i forget i, I want to say it was montana but whatever it was pretty pretty desolate and uh um but he would always he had a rig man and he, he would haul a, a jeep out there he had like a rock climbing nice. out there and then he had hauled that on the trailer and then his trailer was rigged up with all the freezers like to keep all the meat refrigerated to haul it back but because they're, oh, yeah. they're a big animal, man. That's a lot of meat, you know what I mean? But how desolate it was, was uh, there was a old guy that they would always, like, fucking make their way to. Like, every year they'd go hunting there. And it, this guy just lived up in the mountains. He, say, he was, like, he was a super nice old guy, you know what I'm saying? He was, like, we met him. We stayed at the same place every time. So, anyway, he gets to know this old guy, and he'd go to ask him where the herds were every, every time they'd go up there hunting because he could direct them, like, because the old guy lived there. He knew where they were at or whatever. But it turned out that dude was on, like, the FBI's most wanted and shit. And he had a fucking, like, yeah, like a half a million dollar bounty or some shit on him. And he ended up figuring it out after, like, somebody else had or they had caught him somehow. And they were like, holy shit, that's the old guy that we fucking ask about the elk herds every year. He's up in the mountains, you know, like, I don't know, it was some kind of a, a white collar crime or something like that. But it was like, it's funny uh, you say that, like, uh, I don't think it would have been the same person, but. Like when I lived in in a small town in Montana, fucking uh, like the town we go to to get our groceries and shit. The town we lived in was literally like a hundred people, but like ten miles over, eight miles over is uh, like Plains, Montana. And there was a fucking FBI was there one year, like hard as shit. Cause they busted some dude that had been on the one the most wanted list for like fifteen years, and they just in this small town they have no idea I, I used to live by where the unabomber lived dude the first place i lived in montana was like 45 minutes from the unabomber's ca like where his cabin was in lincoln montana so like the unabomber i don't know if you know about him dude but like that's montana's yeah. definitely a place you can disappear <laughs> oh yeah no doubt like so yeah that, that was one thing that uh i don't know i went up to canada and like even in alaska too like you get in the northern or just out you know what i'm saying like where there's like nobody for hundreds of miles and it's like totally different it's crazy 
yeah i like that vibe man like that's everyone in montana like i was exposed to the grow culture out there like crazy and it was before it was legal and it was medical but it was still hush hush they actually started cracking down on the dispos at that point like it, people weren't we, we were medical but like a lot of people weren't dude in the place i lived on the street there was like there was five houses us one next to us and three across the street the one next to us was empty all three across the street grew bud except the one in the middle stopped and they were just buying bud from the one next door so like everyone grew weed out there that's how it was everywhere like everyone's growing weed or at least trying to and even the people that are growing weed like they're not that aren't putting a lot of work into it like they're growing weed and still buying good weed and just having weed to make like extract and stuff with like it was just that was something I noticed like a lot of people grew out there and it was because of that small and like small town small population people mind their business a lot of people are like like similar minded too and even the cops and shit out there were nice man like it was, it was just it, even out here the cops are nice nice as hell sheriffs are at least well you need everybody like in, you know I mean? yeah <clears throat> exactly like, people you you're more dependent on the few mm-hmm. people there are I like that small town vibe though. It can, it can be stupid though too. Like there's definitely fucking like everyone's always nosy and a lot of people knows every you know everyone knows people's business and that can be kind of annoying. But that's why like sometimes some people around here don't like me because I just absolutely mind my own business so much that the nosy motherfuckers in town probably drives them crazy. They really don't do shit. But for most part, new people in like in the, the town I'm in now, like most people are pretty nice, pretty polite people. They're real, like, closed up to newcomers at first, you know, but we've been here for a year now, so people are starting to kind of open up to us a little more. Like, my wife just got a new job, actually, which is, like, really cool. She got a job at the grocery store, like, right behind our house. There's only two places, really, in town you can work in my town, and since we don't have a vehicle, we haven't been able to go at the... I'm going to go work at a hemp farm, probably. That's They want me to work there. And that's cool. Probably. It's the highest-paying job around here. They pay, like, 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. You got to do like graveyards at first, but probably going to take that. It's a pretty good job. Yeah, no, it'd probably be a good experience too. Man. It is hard though, not having a vehicle. Like I got a vehicle that I'll have soon, thankfully, but I've been without wheels, man. I've been stranded here for months. I don't even know how long. <laughs> yeah, that's a big hurdle for sure. Especially not knowing people or whatever. I think that makes it even harder. Yeah. It's been cool though. Make it work. Okay. It's that nug in your picture. I, I've been eyeing that. Like, yeah, that looks good. I'm trying to remember which one that is. I think that might be the high mat. Nice. But I don't remember. Similar picture, I guess. Probably should know better. I I should label them all, but I don't know. It's hard to keep track of them, pictures. <laughs> it's hard to flip back and be like oh yeah like unless there's something real recognizable about it i think i can do that too yeah you can do a pick a picture after your memory or whatever yep i can okay oh shit We're already at three thirty, man. How you? How you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty good. <laughs> if If you wanna, if you wanna end it. Yeah. It's already three thirty. Oh yeah, what time is I it? I have to get the fucking uh, sound yeah. bite. We gotta go through the. We gotta go through the loop.
Unless Eagle's going to try to hit it. You got to give him the spiel, Eagle. You want me to give him the spiel? I give him the spiel. Okay. <laughs> I'm sitting here listening. I'm sitting here listening. No, you're good. You want me to. Well, thank you, Mr. Smiley, for hanging hanging out and doing this tonight. I will probably do a fucking uh, Weed Nerd World for a little bit, man, or try to after this if you guys want to hang out for a little bit longer. Thank you for hanging out and running it down. Uh, Mr. Dog Days, thank you very much for, you know, breaking the cycle of cancellations coming on and telling, well, Started telling me your story until Mr. Smiley come in and saved the day again. Very grateful, Smiley. I don't know how many times that uh, I can give you a thanks for the small things you do around the show, but I do. I am very grateful. So, dog days. Thank you for hanging out. The link that uh, I did send you today is always good. If you guys, if you ever want to come hang out in a weed nerd world, that link I sent you is always good. You are always welcome now that you've done the spotlight and uh, told me and slash Mr. Smiley your story. Uh, with that being the said, uh, yep, you just okay. hit the same link. It's always good for you. Thank you guys. With I'm that probably- being said, I wanted to say thank you for having me on, man. I, I really like your guys' show. I've been watching for a while since I kind of joined the online community. So I, I was honored that you had me on. Thank you. You guys are awesome. And I'm, I'm just very appreciative that, that you had me on and I can hang out with you guys now. Oh, man. Thank you, my friend. And uh, thank you for watching the show and participating, helping us, you know, helping you help us help you in the beginning of this growing phase of your life, I guess. Um, but that being said, I need to get a soundbite for you before you go. Basically, what I'm looking for is in my version is, hey, this is Eagle, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 657. You say whatever you want before or after that, as long as it's kind of got that in the body, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm Dog Days, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle. Peace and love, everybody. Is that good? Right on. That does that works for me. If you're happy with it, I'm good, brother. Cool. Then thanks again, my friend, for hanging out and uh, helping buy in us another night of hanging out in the community and getting to know you a little bit better, my friend. I'm grateful for all all the way around for this night. With that being said, thank all you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to. Uh, give me a minute and we'll fire up the weed nerd world. Thank you guys one last time. Mr. Smiley, Mr. Dog Days Gardens. You guys have a great night. For those of you guys that's not going to tune into the weed nerd world, thank you. And don't forget to do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. We are out of here. Smiley, you may 